This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Victory Drive. Um, So this episode is a very special one. I went down to WCB headquarters and Kurt was gracious enough to let me kind of take over the studio for... A weekend, well, it was just a Saturday into the night, but um, I took a bunch of my friends for, that I served in the military with, as in Afghanistan with, and I've had a couple of them on before, like Boer and Nick Rosine. Uh, Nick Rosine was able to make it back down for this episode, and we also have a bunch of other guys that were able to make the trip and record. We did kind of a a marathon. I think it'll end up being about three episodes. So this is the like, part one of the scout platoon um, reunion recorded, I guess, if that's what you want to think about it. So uh, I am very excited about this. Uh, it's It really, you know, it's it really hits home. It's really close to my heart. So um hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, and you know, let me know what you think. Uh, I, I really love doing these, uh, veteran quote unquote veteran podcasts and episodes and stuff. And ones like this are especially important to me because it's with guys that I don't get to see every day anymore, but I have made a lasting relationship with, and I do consider them some of my closest friends and, um, I guess what you want to call like brothers in arms or whatever you want to say. Uh, there's, it's just different. Um, so the veteran, the veteran community and the relationships you make while you're in the military, it's just different. Um, and it is always fun to get together with my boys and talk about old times. You know, sometimes, um, things come up that, you know, the attitudes and emotions might change a little bit and, uh, but that's all right. I think it's okay to, you know, kind of show your human side a little bit. And, uh, it's good. I really do think it's important to talk about these subjects out loud and even have them recorded and put out there to the people. Cause I know there's a lot of guys out there that are like me and, um, have, you know, thoughts and 
um, things they want to talk about. That's kind of what this platform is for as well. We, I love talking guns and hunting and all that stuff, but it's really nice to get, um, I guess my, my past out there and then also help maybe talk to some of our guys with backgrounds that maybe they don't talk about a whole lot and maybe they hold a lot of things in because it is weird when you talk to people from outside the community because you just are not really afraid that they don't understand, but they just, they don't fully 100% understand. So it's just different when you get to get together and talk to people that do 100% understand by being there. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Um, and I did do a bit of an intro f- during this episode, but then I took it out because it sucked. So um, I usually don't take a lot of stuff out, but making my friends sit through an ad read is kind of lame. So here I am doing ad reads just by myself the way we've always done it. So first things first, I do have some exciting news. I'm going to South Dakota to hunt some pronghorn with my bow. And I know this is the firearms podcast and whatever else, but gun guys can pick up bows and arrows every once in a while as well. Because let's face it, archery guys, you, you there's a lot more opportunity to get out there hunting. And my number one thing is I love hunting. So I'm going to go out to South Dakota. I had an opportunity rise with my buddy Derek Verbeek. He's like, hey, ain't no one hunting pronghorn down here this year, so why don't you come on down and give it a try? So I am going to do that. And um, kind of my pack out when I'm getting down there, I will be wearing all my Huntworth clothing. And I, when I say all my Huntworth clothing, I mean all my hot weather stuff, because it's going to be fucking hot, I think, in South Dakota. Last time I checked, it's going to be in like the upper 80s and into the 90s um some days even so i'll be wearing my hot weather huntworth gear while i'm down there and i'm really excited i used uh i used the huntworth lightweight pants in africa and they f- fucking went great there so i'm assuming it's going to be great in south dakota um i did i've got some more um lightweight tops and stuff I'm going to use. I, we, I honestly don't have a whole lot that I'm going to take because I'm kind of a minimalist when it comes to clothing because I feel like when you're out in the elements like that, you can just wear the same shit over and over because who are you trying to impress, right? Play the wind so they don't smell your stinky asshole and get in there, get close, try to send an arrow through the vitals of a big old pronghorn antelope. And uh, it's not even an antelope, pronghorn. Just they're their own species. Um, but... I'm really excited for it. I kind of fell in love with hunting pronghorn when I was down in New Mexico, and they're just an interesting, cool animal, and it's fun because you get out there early and kind of bust the rust off early in the season and get things going, and that'll lead into whitetail season in Iowa and so on and so forth. So very excited for that, and also another key ingredient to what's going to take place in South Dakota is grizzly coolers i need to keep my shit cold when i want it cold so uh if i do if i am lucky enough to put an arrow through a pronghorn i'm gonna be rocking the grizzly on the way back home so my meat and cape do not get destroyed because it's gonna be fucking hot like i said um however i think derek said he's gonna bring uh like a chest freezer which would be awesome because then we can freeze our shit um while we're there and uh put in the cooler for transport. Um, 
I got very, very lucky in New Mexico. I went, I didn't have a cooler and I went out there and, uh, uh, for some reason I just didn't think about it. And when I went out there and I shot a pronghorn, I'm like, what the fuck? Now what do I do? I had to run out to the store and buy a shitty, I think it was a Coleman cooler. And I threw a bunch of ice in it, threw my meat and cape in there. And thank God my cape did not slip because I did not know, but I guess pronghorn are prone to slippage very quickly. And I got fucking lucky. And I know I was on the verge of slippage, honestly. Um, so it didn't slip. Got it back home safe and sound. And my buddy Matt Moon is—he's been on the podcast before. He's gonna be—he's gonna be—he's uh, been working at getting that thing up and going and mounted up nicely for me. Uh, so with this this year, I'm thinking ahead a little bit. And if I do have the opportunity to arrow a pronghorn, I am gonna have it in a night. In a nice cold chest freezer, and then into a grizzly cooler. That, it, in my experience uh, with grizzly coolers, they hold ice extraordinarily well. I would say, like, probably two to three times better than that Coleman could. So, they, I should have absolutely no issues getting back home safe and sound with all my meat and cape intact. So, with that said, um, grizzly coolers, you can use code WCB, get some money off when you're looking at grizzly and what you want to check out. Um, also we, the mountain ops giveaway is still going on. That giveaway is good up until September 8th, I believe. And, uh, like you've heard, oh my gosh, you've heard it all before. I'm sure. Um, with my last episode, I've talked about it and on the WCB side of things. Um, but use code victory, you get 20% off and you automatically get entered to win, a whole bunch of cool goodies that um, is coming from WCB. So they're giving away an Elite Omnia. Custom Grizzly Coolers are going to do one uh, WCB cooler and another Victory Drive custom cooler for you guys. Uh, some gear from Trophy Line and then some other partners. Uh, as it goes along, I think some more WCB partners are going to enter the giveaway and give away some cool-ass shit for all the listeners. So... When you go to Mountain Ops and you decide to buy some cool sups or some swag, make sure you use code VICTORY and you'll save 20% off and be entered to win. And um, every $100 that you spend, you get an additional two entries. So uh, make sure you get in there. If you're going to buy the shit anyways, then just buy it now. And then you get entered to win some badass shit from uh, WCB's partners. So... Uh, with that said, I'm trying to keep this intro a little bit short. I am on my lunch break from work, so trying to get this in, get this episode out so I can get out to South Dakota and hunt some fucking pronghorn. So hope you guys enjoy this episode. Um, let me know. Hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, and let me know what you think. Uh, I'll be putting out some stuff. I did put out some, I thought some pretty damn good reels later, uh, lately, you know, some doing our YouTube stuff, uh, getting some videos put out on the YouTube, on the WCB YouTube, got our own Victor Drive playlist on there, so if you guys are bored on YouTube and you want to look at some um, dumb shit that my wife and I are doing on the range, then go there and look it up. Uh, so yeah, just you know, keep me posted and what you guys like and if I suck. Alright, enjoy the episode guys, peace. Let's go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> ha ha ha!
Smooth. This is pretty ominous music, bro. Yeah, like, is it fucking haunted? Is this a Halloween show? Is this, is this like a ghost episode? Yeah. What do you say? Going into this year? Oh, I yeah. Got a question. It's recording. But I got a question. All right. Hold on. Oh, Welcome back to Victory Motherfucking Drive, everyone. We got the, well, enough of the scouts here. So um, we're going to go through some intros now, okay? Now, do you want me to use just my regular name? or? Well, yeah, we'll just go with uh, regular names first. And uh, we'll just kind of, you know, like, go through and we'll just go around the room real quick saying names and we'll come back around and do backstories and shit joe right? williams you're not yeah i'm mitch smith chris you're young fans. nate cunningham nick rosine and isaac franzen all right that was not painful at all um <laughs> jeez so, have you guys all been? I know Rose been on my podcast before. Um, have any of you guys ever listened? Even, Joe, have you even listened to a podcast? Do you even know what they are? This is recording. Yeah, this is electronics. Yeah, why don't you get a little closer to your mic? We barely hear you. No, I have not done any of this. Have you ever listened to podcasts though? Nope. Okay, sick. I as well have never done one. Okay, but you listen. You don't, you don't understand what it's, what right. it's all about. We're not all born under rocks here. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I listen. I've n- never listened to this one before, oh, so this will be my first one cool. when it comes out. But no, I listen to podcasts um, semi regularly. Nice. But we all understand how they work, but uh, yeah, so, you, you don't need yeah. To today on. we got. Uh, I got in as many of the scouts. So when Answer. back in the day when we were in the army, we were all we all served together. So we got. I got kind of put a bunch of people on a group chat and we got this started. I was talking to Isaac a little bit about it and he's, yeah, he was a sniper. Sorry. He's scouts and a sniper. One, <laughs> exactly. one sniper decided to grace us with his presence today. So, but, uh, no, I wanted to get a bunch of guys together and talk just, um, cause obviously being in the army was a pretty impactful time in all of our lives. I feel like, and especially mine being like a 19 year old kid and going to war with all you fucking, battle hard and fucking hard dicks out there so um i thought this would be pretty special and it turns out it's not um you guys are just, <laughs> you guys are just burping into mics and making gay jokes and that's that's great so <laughs> just but, like being there yeah so if everyone wants to be just a little bit patient we'll just go down the line we'll just do backstory like joe if you want to start with yourself we'll just go down the line and tell us who exactly you are you can get as in-depth as you want you can go all the way to birth oh i'm actually uh a united states marine and i started in first lar active duty 93 to 97 camp pendleton had one deployment towards uh the persian gulf it's just a westpac pretty simple stuff then i got out went back in as a reservist activated went to iraq Started off uh, 114 Battalion, which is cannon cockers. We didn't shoot any actual artillery. We went over there kind of feeling like a provisional MP role, but then I got cut to a small platoon. Uh, Police transition team is what it was called. And in that team, we um, 
did PSD for IPLOs, which is Iraqi police liaisons. They trained Iraqi police, and we held security for them, set up several different police stations. I was a member of what they called the Forgotten 13. Hmm. I was actually a combat replacement because I got hit, oh, shit, two weeks before I got there in June. And when they got hit, they lost two of their members, and me and Sanchez had to go over there. We were like a sister company to the original HHC. And then from there, I just finished out my tour. There was no – we got some indirect fire and some small arm stuff, but nothing like really intense. Mm. So you, you went in there as a replacement because you said they got hit. What do you mean? they, they there, was, there was a couple of Marines before us. When they got hit, they got uh, – they were moving through a city of hit. And Nick knows this one and so does Franny. Because they were over there at the same time I was, and the Marines were over there with uh, 113, which is where I ended up. And it's kind of a long story, but we'll get there. Um, when they got hit, I can't remember the two gentlemen's name that got taken out of action. But uh, most of the guys that were in that, in that particular platoon were out of, uh, I believe, of Alameda, California. Mm. And my particular uh, Bravo company was out of Joliet, Illinois. But we just got blended in there from my company because they needed combat replacements. Mm. And Sanchez and I filled the role. I was I ended up being a driver. Sanchez, I believe, ended up being a gunner. And then, like I said, we set up like three additional police stations to the two or three that they had along the city of Hit into Cubesa. Um, resupply area was in the Al-Assad area, and, and Nick knows that one. But uh, then we went south towards Ramadi. But we didn't make it there. We just set up some more additional police stations. And like I said, this is back in like 05, 06. Okay. And then uh, I actually met – actually a couple of my, of my high school classmates were from the 133rd. And I met them at Al-Assad at the gym a couple of different times. And I know these guys probably know maybe a couple of them, uh, Pat Bush and yep. Dave. Oh, Lane. yeah. Yep, yep. 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 Though Dave was a grade above me, Pat was a grade below me, and then I had another friend of mine that was in the Navy that was over there at the same time. So it wasn't like a tremendously intense combat environment, but it was it was weird to see, to me as a reality check, how many people from the state of Iowa of different capacities was over there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, obviously after that, rotated out and uh, IEAS'd from – the Marine Corps Reserve in 2008, early early 2008, and then I joined the 133rd in mid-2008, and that's because of, I think, because of my reconnaissance role when I was in the Marine Corps, they put me in the Scout Recon platoon. Okay. Why, why did you end up getting on the Marines and basically right away join the National Guard? Because there was no Marine units around me. I had to drive okay. four hours to Joliet, Illinois, to drill. Shit. Because yeah. you have always lived in I lived, area, right? all, I mean, yeah, Plainfield, Iowa, mm-hmm. Waverly, Iowa, around there. Um, so you, the got dri- sick, you got sick of the drive. I got sick of driving, and then also my battalion went to 4th Reconnaissance. And I went and did uh, the BRC tryout and all that shit, and I passed. And I was waiting for my BRC seat. And the only – the one and only – actual belligerent time out in the marine corps in october i just got drunk as pissed before a drill fuck yeah and i'm like i'm not going i'll get there when i get there and i showed up 
and I, I reported right immediately to the gunny and I'm like, Hey, I'm late. I'm sorry My bad. guys. And he's like, who are you again? And I'm like, Roger that guns. I'm done. I already did my combat deployment. I'm done with this fucking shit. Oh shit! Yeah, because they didn't. They didn't even have my BRC. I told them. I said I want to go to basic recon in September. This is October now, and I, they didn't even have that. And I'm like, no, nope, I'm done with you guys. Um, the Marine Corps got its problems, just like mm-hmm. every other unit does. And by this point, I just had enough because you know we're talking about we we experienced that with the 133rd. Oh yeah. You know, you, you're sitting there and they're, I, I got my ass chewed in the 133rd for this kind of shit. You know, we're sitting there at the end of the day. Oh, you got to clean this. You got to do that. You know, I, mean, I told my guys, go home, mm-hmm. go home. You're done. Go home. I'm releasing you. And then I'd report my squad and they're like, where are you guys? They're all accounted for. I already told you that. See you later. Mm-hmm. In the Marine Corps side, they were not like that. Everybody fucking stayed. And I had a four hour drive. There was times on a Sunday or a Monday night. I'd get out of there at 7.30 in the yeah. evening and have four hours. And then I got to drive. I got to work the next day. It was ridiculous. They don't give a fuck either Like when you're active duty especially, honestly, because yeah. they're like, yeah. you're on my time, bitch. Yep. So, yep. And it's almost <laughs> like it's a competition. <laughs> yeah. Let's see how long we can keep these fuckers here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it's like, hey, we work harder than you, motherfucker. Like You look around at other companies and shit, and you're there's like, yeah, they released early fucking part-timers. Yeah. It's like no, you didn't. It's, really, it's seventeen hundred, bitch. Yeah, Dude, that ain't early. That's normal. <laughs> there's nothing to do. Yeah. Let's go the fuck home. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's why you ended up leaving the Marine Corps. You're, yes, like, all the extra that was bullshit that was and, part of it, and I felt like I just got folded into a number, and I didn't want to be that because yeah. I always got professed. You're not just a number. You're a Marine. You have worth. Um, and in the end, that's really what it. That's really what it became. So I just I kind of walked away from that, and then I got the opportunity. Uh, friend of a friend told me about the 133rd and I'm like, uh, he told me that they have to recomp tune, but I didn't, I didn't think nothing of it. The only thing it turned me on about was it was infantry. Mm-hmm. So I went and talked to the recruiter and the recruiter's like, Oh, we got a great slot for you. And I'm like, well, what is that? Oh, we got recruit, uh, the recomp tune. I'm like, well, what do you do? Oh, long range, short range. You're in there. You got snipers attached to you. You're going to do cool stuff. I'm like, that's exactly what I want to do. So I joined up. Bitching. And I did a try one, and I just wanted to see how it was. And actually, try one. Trying, what do you mean? It, it's where I could go in there with no no contract. I could do three hundred sixty five days, and if I liked it, then I could renew it. I actually get a contract. I missed it, that one. <laughs> yeah, I, was saying, I, was saying, I never heard of that before. Honestly, that's pretty neat. Within the three hundred sixty five days, if I didn't like it, I I could just because I already had one combat deployment, I could say, hey, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Uh-huh. I could I could have gone to one drill and said, "You guys are fucking tore up from floor up. I'm out." Mm-hmm. Nope. They said they said uh, the try one. If you like that, then we'll reenlist. So was that because of your prior service? Yes. Okay. Yes. Every 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 like Nick and Franny here who had uh, prior active duty with the big army, they could have done that too. Mm-hmm. They could have come home at from what I understand at any time. What's that? So exactly, do a try one. You have to have your first enlistment fully done. Then you can do the try ones because I had a buddy never deployed before. He had a full time job in Waterloo with the Guardians of Mechanic. He just kept on doing a try one. Just it was basically to see if a enlistment bonus for his MOS would come up. Oh sure, so, yeah. As long as you get your first full contract done, then you can do you could do try ones the rest of your career. If you well, hell, to. I didn't huh. know that. I'll go back and do another try one. Okay, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> After the try one, they're like, well, you can reenlist for this bonus or for three years or this bonus for six years. And uh, 
the first sergeant. I don't think it was who was it? Who was the first sergeant with the one three three at that time? It was before Bubbles. Nap. Was it Nap? Mm, yep. yep. He yep. he asked Correct. me. He goes he goes well. He goes we want you to reenlist. What do you want? He goes you got this kind of a bonus. And I says well. I said I was a sergeant there. I'm a sergeant here. I said I'd like to get promoted. He goes that's all you want. I'm like. Well, yeah, I don't want to ask for the son. He goes, no problem. And he reached out his hand, and it already had staff sergeant on it. Oh. So he says, just sign right here. He swore me in. And, uh, yeah, it was it was great after that. Not that, And then the other thing, too, was it's just – it was like one drill before this. Bravo Company is where I was supposed to originally come from, going over to the HHC because we're a battalion asset. Bravo Company wanted me back to lead their guys. And I told him, I says, I'm not going back. I said, if if I'm going to be in the Army, the National Guard, this is where I'm going to be because mm-hmm. this is what I want to do and this is what I like to do. And he says, don't worry. They will never ask you again to come back. <laughs> so I got two things that day. I got promoted, and I got the ability to stay where I wanted to, which uh, no, for the Army, mm-hmm. that is like the highlight right there. That They actually let me dictate and lead my own career. In the Marine Corps, mm-hmm. they'd have, they, if I'd have asked for something in the Marine Corps, I honestly feel they would have been like, well, you want it because you want it? Go fuck yourself. Yeah. We're not going to give it to you. It's kind of Marine Corps MO, honestly. It seems like it's yeah. like fucking you get what you get and don't throw a fit. Yeah. Update deal. for everybody. Joe got oh, Sudafed. God dang. Thanks, Kurt. Just That's why I sound super all. nasally. You what? Just a drug deal is all. Super oh, sick. nasally. Yeah. What was that? Super sinus totes. PE? Oh, yeah, dude. That's Sudafed. We're going to fucking hide a night, dude. See you, buddy. Thank you. Now we just need some Benadryl okay. and Sprite. Yeah, uh, Joe's had some minor allergy uh, difficulties. Yeah, thank you to <laughs> Illinois. Yeah. Well, Not only do they suck everywhere around, but oh, whatever. Yeah. So we are conducting this podcast at WCB headquarters, which is pretty nice. Because I didn't want to do this in my spare bedroom at my house. And then we'd all be fucking crammed into some tiny-ass like room. It's basically a little bit bigger than a closet. but I mean, it would have been a closer drive for most of us. Yeah, it would have been. But you know what? It's cool here. How how far a drive was it for you? Two and a half like everybody else. Yeah, see, it would have been two to me. I live in Rochester, Minnesota. Would you like to redo your math? <laughs> I said almost everybody else. Oh, wait. No, you wouldn't have been two. It would have been one from you. Two and a half hours? No, that means for you? For you to me. What I want you to say is stop matter. your bitching. All right. Quit your bitching. Are you, did you eat that yet? Not yet. Okay. Well, there's just a few more. I don't want to monopolize the time. You know, I've got no, you're good. We got all a little time bit the world. more extensive background because I just come from a different branch of service and shit mm-hmm. like that. And I just wanted to highlight on the fact that, uh, you know, being in the Marine Corps is one thing. Being in the Army is another thing. But, you know, everybody holds Marines at some fucking mystical level. And no, they're no better. I think only know. Marines do that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> only Marines do that. Yeah. But, uh no, I, I experienced the things that I did in the army. Yeah. There is, there is definitely a quotient of men that you have to go do those things with. Mm-hmm. And any of the men that I served with, they're without reproach. And saying I was in the army, I hold just as much pride as saying I was ever in the Marines and mm-hmm. earned that title. And uh, yeah, it's, the army does do a lot of things a lot smarter. I mean, if there's a fucking truck right there, get on the goddamn truck when you drive it. <laughs> Marines be like, ah, no, we'll push the truck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fucking hey, That's awesome. All right. Michelle. All right. So Mitch Smith uh, joined the Army 
2007. Uh, got placed in the scout platoon. I didn't know anything about scout platoon. I was just kind of like, well, whatever. Just kind of do the thing. <laughs> <clears throat> then, uh, you know, I mean, we'll get into this later, but yeah. Anyways, got but, out 2013. Well, let's, let's go back a little bit. So, uh, what? Why did you end up joining? Because this, this is kind of you guys are going to hear this a little bit, like all of our little origin stories and why we join everything else. I think that's important because like for me personally, I didn't join for like, you know, the stars and the stripes and freedom and all that stuff. I joined for a much more shallow reason, but it, I think it's interesting to hear what everyone, why you ended up joining in the first place. Like what the fuck made Mitch Smith be like, you know what I'm going to do today? He wanted a contract. Dick. Well, I would say honestly, like we're coming up to graduation and I was like, man, what the fuck am I going to do with my life? You know? And I was like, yep. the army sounds pretty good. I guess I'll just go do that for a while. And then, uh, that was, uh, yeah, I guess I just didn't know what I was supposed to do with my mm-hmm. life. It's kind of lost. Um, yeah, I mean, after that I got, I got out in 2013, about two weeks later, I joined the reserves, went back as a 68 alpha, which is uh biomedical equipment maintenance technician say that three times fast no and uh yeah then i got uh, ended up getting out in 2017 nice and uh yeah been a free man ever since then oh man okay all right (laughs) no all right chris Chris hey i'm chris jung um i joined the army in 2006 i joined my junior year and then went to basic that summer, graduated high school. You're a little closer to your mic. Sorry. You Is that bad? You want to be that close, but you were like off in the ether. Over okay. There. Well, yeah. So I joined <laughs> Don't in. that thing. <laughs> God dang. Just a disembodied voice. Yeah. Um, I joined in 2006, my junior year, um, graduated high school, then went to my AIT, so split training program, which was just basic training for another eight weeks. And then. Yeah, I got told I was going to go roll in the mud with the scouts in Charles City, and the recruiter lied to me mm. because uh, the scouts never went back to Charles City ever again. <laughs> we, d- and, we did not. No. And then, yeah, so spent— As a matter of fact, I think we went to Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty <laughs> far away from Charles City. <laughs> yeah. I got sold a bill of goods. Yeah. Um, worst trade deal ever. But— uh <laughs> You know, then deployed to Afghanistan, got out in 2012, and um, yeah, just living, living my life. Cool. What do you do now? Um, I own a consignment store in Waterloo, Iowa. Um, yeah, and then when I'm not doing that, I'm with my wife of 10 years um, and two daughters, and yeah, then volunteer firefighter on the school board in my town, too, so. Dude, you're just living like the american dad dream right there yeah I, i'm a business my, owner i'm on the school board well fucking a my new balances are sitting in the corner of the garage gathering spider webs so oh that's i know so my dad card isn't like i've got them but i haven't worn them you don't in have a while. grass stains on them yet oh the, no dude they're stained oh, they're nice. stained as fuck yeah. but um yeah i just like crocs now oh yeah they rule yeah. crocs are dope. like we went to disney last year that's when our folks and what crocs with an r yeah not quacks yeah. <laughs> i okay um, 
But yeah, we got them at Disney, and they're like bright orange, and they've got like little birds on them, and they're the most comfortable things I had I've ever worn. That's dope, dude. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Super not gay at all. Um, (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) Cool. All right. Gunners? So me and you kind of link up a little bit here. If you want to, yeah, if you want to put those on, I guess you can. Sure. But just just steal that mic from Ro for a little bit. We're sharing mics here, too. Um, So why did you, like, tell us your little backstory. We can go. We don't have to start at the Army, either. We can start wherever you want. So I planned on joining the Army... I don't know. It must have been eight, nine, ten years old. Ever and since I've known you, yeah, we've been friends forever. So, the, super, super little. Um, but my brother joined the army back in '93, and he was a mechanic. But I didn't understand like all the logistics and all the different MOSs that go into actually being in the army. But I was like, anything that I do in life, like I want to be the best person that I can be. In every situation, it was like, I'm going to go into be the infantry. My brother really didn't talk about his time in the army and he did four years. He got out. Um, he, he was a mechanic at the time, which great. Like he did it, but I became obsessed with the military at that point. And when it came to the recruiters starting to come into high school with us, I was just like, holy shit. No, I'm I'm going active duty, mm-hmm. but if I can get basic training out of the way between my junior and senior year of high school, that's the only way I can do it, joining the National Guard. And then they said I can just sign a piece of paper and switch over to the active duty. And Hell yeah. That's line number one. I yeah, right right there. There. That, that piece of paper <laughs> is called a DD-368, and that's a, a lot. Of things that go into that. I learned that after the fact. Yeah, but This is what I had to do. And it was a fucking cocksucker. It, it, and it was it was super tough. If How do you go into it and, you know, think that like, oh, God, nope, I can just switch. Well, that's yeah. the whole thing. Like you're a fucking kid and then you have these um, predator, pre- you have these predators coming to school. And instead of trying to fuck you, they're trying to get you to sign your life away. So it's like, it's, it's wild, man. Like, how army recruiters can get into school so early it's kind of wild to me because it's like <laughs> you know well your brain's not fully de- your brain isn't fully developed until you're 25 so you're taking advantage you know oh, yeah. of children well and- the next thing too is you're talking about integrity because they sit there right. and they the recruiters i don't even care knowing side they fucking lie they lie to get you in there uh-huh. i got my asvab score and they're like oh you we can do this and do that and all this shit and they want to be, be like some aircraft mechanic i'm like i want to be a trigger puller i just want to I want to do something cool. You know, I want to fucking hunt bad guys and have them hunt me. And yeah. they wanted me to be an aircraft mechanic so they get better points on their shit. Yep, yep. And it's it's it should never be – it's like – it's it's almost like uh, vehicle maintenance, you know. Uh, if I don't fix it, that's more money in my pocket. No, it's not. It means more money further on down the line. So you, you shouldn't pigeonhole a person to begin with. Mm-hmm. And like like we just said, they they completely lie to meet their quota. They don't give a shit about you as a person. No, they don't. They really don't give a fuck. Uh, we did have a decent recruiter for, in the guard. I did too. But we did. You did too. Yeah. Same, uh, same but they're they're honestly pretty few and far oh, between. You guys had Troy to... Thompson. No. No. no he's a good. No. Dude. We had, Cunners and I had the same recruiter. Same. You, you yeah. And Mitch had the same recruiter as us. But uh, yeah, it's Robel. He's actually decent. 
R- Rick Robel is a good dude, and he didn't lie to me. He said I got to go to basic training between junior and senior high school. He also said that he's going to get me into the recon platoon. That's pretty high speed guys. Hmm. And he you also never lied about that. What was also nice about you is that you didn't score high enough for your ass to have to do anything else. So <laughs> <laughs> that is true. And I would but like to I, take the time I, to <laughs> clarify that Troy Thompson didn't actually lie to me. And I was being facetious because in about the time I got out of AIT, Charles City was underwater, so there was nowhere else to go other than Waterloo. Yeah, that's Charles City's fault for building their stupid ass city next to a big ass river. Did you know? My, <laughs> did you know my co-family, and, like my family, co-founded that city? Well, so when you so talk it's really shit, all your fault, down, dude. Yeah, like fuck you, fuck me, fuck you. They fucked you, not me. No comment. Okay. <laughs> all right, continue on, Gunners. <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely on you. They should have engineered that better, which it makes sense because I know how you engineer things, John. You chose to live in Minnesota. Your points are invalid. Yeah. Anyways, um, so, yeah, so you joined and did that thing. Yeah, so, I I mean, I was 100% in. I Mm -hmm. gave 120% when I was in Afghanistan. I gave 120% every time. Um. I don't think there's anybody that would question my integrity or my ability to do my job when I was there. Like, um, but I plan on coming back on active duty. Mm-hmm. Everything doesn't all work out the way we want it to sometimes, but at the end of the day, I have a beautiful spouse. I have a two and a four year old. Life is not the way I planned it, but. Life's good. It's, it's good. That's good. Cool. All right, Nick. You you already kind of been on and told your story. Yeah. So a little bit, but uh, yeah, we'll get that adjusted there. You guys probably don't need to transfer fucking headsets every single time if you don't want to, but. Hello. 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 <laughs> Hi, Nick. Hello, then. G'day, mate. Yeah, fucking right, then. Fucking good. Yeah, tip top of the fucking morning, then. Start talking. Right, all right. right. Oh, 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 are we going to do the rest of this? Yeah, in, no. Uh, in a British accent, no, are we? Uh, 1775. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that, boy. I'm Nick. Uh, I don't know. What are you? No, um, I guess, pff, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Moving on, Isaac. Right, no. <laughs> no, I was going to say, an excellent way to keep plugging the podcast is, like, if you want to know Nick's origin story, go listen no, to yeah, the previous yeah, episode. Because yeah. we, I mean, we talked about that quite a bit. Yep, honestly, we did. Checking the other one out. I don't have the episode number on hand because I'm not a That's fine because but... we're going to take this pause to, for you to go back and edit in. No. no um, that's not how that works. No, no. God damn it, Junk. <laughs> Holy fuck. You were never good at Holy TV. shit. All right. Let's say on, on my old track at least a little bit here. So, Nick, you've been on the podcast before. We I have. Um, yep. discussed that. Uh, um, what have you been up to since then? Same same shit, just living in a truck. Yeah, yeah, just trucking a dog and weights and fucking. A. I got an upstairs ass clown. No, um, well, <laughs> it's been weird because since the last time we talked, um, that avenue I was pursuing is no longer. Okay, so can we talk about that a little bit, or is that? I mean, I mean, we can, I guess, yeah. It's up to you. I mean, I don't really know what to say to, about it. It's yeah. no longer moving forward in that area. Yeah. It's unfortunate. It is, but, you know. Um, but you, I would say, are you looking for a new job? Like, how? Well, 
Yes. Can we talk about any of that? Can we talk about anything that... What kind of job are you looking for? What are you pursuing right <laughs> One now? One that pays monies. Okay, cool. No shit, right? No, um, I mean... I don't know. If you don't want to get I think, it, you don't have I to. mean, not particularly. Okay. I mean, I'm just... It's still fairly new. I'm still, I'm still yeah. kind of sorting shit out. Like, But, uh, you know, the end of the day, I think uh, I go back to what I was originally pursuing because that's what originally had... Oh, I got you. Driving me in the direction. And then I got kind of detoured with this other opportunity and mm-hmm. uh, didn't pan out. So, which is like, well, fuck. Mm-hmm. So, it just left you kind of like, because, I mean, and I'll be honest, like, I, you know, I, I looked at that as the next, you know, somewhere between, you know, seven to 10 years of being able to work towards building a, building something. Yeah. So, but, you know, it just didn't. So, that's okay. Yeah, for sure. So, all right, Isaac, we don't know you yet. Um, obviously, we all know you, but no one listening knows who you are. So, Isaac Franzen. All right. Let's I'm go I- through your origin story real quick. All right. I'm Isaac Franzen. Uh, I joined the National Guard in my on my sen- senior year, 2003. Uh, first, I actually talked to – I had a Navy recruiter hunt me down. He came a to Navy the house. Recruiter? A Navy recruiter. Oh, and this is a pretty cool. I can totally is see really? you on a boat. <laughs> uh, so this, I talked to this Navy recruiter. I was like, I don't know. I'm like, I weld and all that stuff, do like mechanical stuff. He's like, you can be a welder in the Navy. And I'm like, I don't know. Let me think about it, you know. Then I was like, yeah, hey. I'm like, I don't want to go to the Navy. That just sounds stupid. I mean, <laughs> like, I'm not making fun of the Navy. But no, but personal preference. Uh, it wasn't for me. Especially knowing who you are now, it probably wouldn't have been the greatest fit. No, no. So I finally told this neighbor recruiter, he's bugging me for like two weeks. And I was like, nah, I was like, I'm not, I was like, not at this time. His first response after that was like, do you know legal drinking age overseas? Like he goes, when you go to different places, I was like, dude, I can drink here yeah, right? <laughs> and not have to sign a contract for it. So they're probably not really carding you in small town bars in Iowa. No, as much. No, because there's this one <laughs> bar when I was in high school. We'd go in and drink, and the bartender knew we were underage. Fuck yeah, let's go. And I was like, and there's beer in the pot machine outside <laughs> for a while. That's awesome. But uh, but no, I still wanted to. I wanted to do something. Like I said, nine eleven happened and everything. I still kind of you know had that like desire. I was like, I want to go do something. And, uh, so I started talking to a national guard recruiter at the school. My parents didn't know nothing about it at all. Then the one day I come home and I was like, uh, mom, dad, I'm joining the national guard. And they're like, what? Cause like <laughs> no one else in my family's done anything military except for, I have an uncle, two uncles and my grandpa. They were the only other military people. And they were, like, shocked by it. Then they're like, well, you know, you sure it's the right? I was like, you're not talking me out of it, you know? Yeah. So I went. So how, how old were you at this time? Were you 18? I was 19. 19, okay. Yep. I was old for my age, for my grade. <laughs> okay. Were you held back? Shut up. No. <laughs> <laughs> I hey, I'm, just, I'm just saying, every time I talk to someone that says I'm old for my grade, generally it means you're a super senior. I had a June birthday, so I could have went other red shirt. I could have went either way. Red shirt. <laughs> red shirt. <laughs> All right. You guys Your parents want just wanted out of your house. <laughs> you guys want to be jackasses, I see. So, all right. But, uh,. Okay. So, no, I finished uh, high school and everything, graduated, went to basic training, got back in December. I actually 
was a part of Alpha Company 133rd. Then uh, we ended up deploying, what was it, September? Did we deploy? End of August, September, did we deploy for Iraq Row? So, okay. October. October? Let's, yeah. let's, let's, so you guys were in Alpha together? No, no. He or, was Charlie. I was Cup. Charlie Cup. You're Charlie. Yep. And so, you were Alpha? I was Alpha. That's where I originally started off with. But okay. before we deployed... My platoon sergeant, they were just, like, basically starting up the sniper section. Mm. And my platoon sergeant actually nominated me to go to HAC and be part of the snipers. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm like, that's awesome. Like, that's actually one of the questions I asked uh, my recruiter, Sergeant Bogey, when I joined. He's like, that's, like, a far shot dream. Far shot dream. Because there was no uh, reconnaissance platoon at the time? No, there was a reconnaissance platoon, but they didn't really have a sniper section. Okay. I mean, I think there was maybe one guy that was maybe. That was stuff that I, way before, I think, I, don't, I even remember. Because actually my cousin was in, Adam, was, was in an, about a year or so before me. And he was actually in the uh, sniper, or he was in the scout. Where, where, no, so where Adam, 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 he came from Charlie Company once we were in Camp Shelby to deploy to uh Is Iraq. that what happened? That's what happened. He got transferred to us. He never got the opportunity to go to sniper school. No, no, that's what I mean. But he was in yeah. uh, HAC section. Yeah, the same time as when we got down to Shelby. That's when that's we when all moved. That's okay. when we all moved. Same with Stileman and everything. Got you. Understood. So, so no, I got uh so I got selected to go to the snipers, and they gave me a slot right before. We deployed, basically. It was like two months before we deployed. They gave me a slot to go. And what, year, what year is this again? 05. 05, okay. 05. And I was just like a green, green private PFC and everything. And I could tell the other people from Bravo Company I went to sniper school with, they were like, me and this other PFC is like, what in the fuck are they sending us? You know, you know. And I was just like. Why did hey. they pick you? Ah. Uh, my platoon sergeant knew me on a personal basis. And he's oh, okay. like, he's like, you got, he goes, this is something for you that you got to, you know, you got to mm-hmm. do. He goes, and he goes, you're, you're kicking ass out here, you know, mm-hmm. in the line. He goes, you just, he goes, this is a spot where you need to go. So I was like, all right. I was like, I'll try it out. You know, got a slot for sniper school. And I had like, you know, give my packing list. I was like asking like people, I was like, Hey, what do I expect? And they're like, well, I don't know what this packing list is. Like I had like no help. So I show up. Me and another guy from Alpha Company show up at sniper school with two Bravo guys, and we're like, I'm like, okay, I'm like, let's just go through this and everything. And actually, that was, I went to sniper school twice. The first time I actually did fail. Okay. So doing the PT Where, instructors. Where'd you go for sniper school? Did you go to Arkansas? Uh, Arkansas, okay. Yep. Is that where everyone went to sniper school? Is it Arkansas? Yeah, that's uh, where we, is it all Arkansas? Because there's one other. One other School. Benning. Benning's the other one. Okay. But Arkansas, I feel, is the better one. Okay. Camp Robinson. Just because at my time, both times when I went through sniper school, I had the same instructors pretty much. I mean, they added some. So you have a longevity Mm. of, like, guys with knowledge that can teach you guys stuff. But, like, versus Benning, they do, like, maybe, like, a four-year term out of there. Then they move on to another unit. So it's... I could see that as good and bad. Yeah, get fresh faces in. Well, maybe. If you're if no. you're not gathering current, you know, teaching or current TTPs or like mm-hmm. you're not updating your curriculum with new information coming in. 
Right. You stay stagnant and then, you know, I can see it go both ways. Like Mm -hmm. you need dudes that obviously have experience, but you do need to get dudes with current stuff in. Nope. I teach that role. Yep. But so what was your first, uh, sniper school? Like, like, let's go through, let's go through that a little bit. Cause none of us have been through sniper school, uh, besides you. So, so I had Boer sh- talk about it a little bit when yeah. he was on, but like your experience in sniper school, how did yeah. like, especially the first one, since you said you failed the first time. Yeah. So I showed up at sniper school along with three other guys from the one thirty third, And there was some other actually probably like three or four other guys from, uh, Minnesota 34th ID. Mm-hmm. We were all, that's how we got the slots to go. We got so many slots. Because we're deploying and uh, show up there day like one, you do two PT tests and everything. And uh, when I was doing the PT test, they're like, okay, you know your standards and everything. Just get up when you get your numbers. So did my push ups, got up, yep, got my numbers. Doing my sit ups, and I still had time left on the clock, but I was like, okay, I got my number, I got up. And the instructor, the grader looked at me, he's like, you got up one too early. Oh, shit. I'm like, you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and they're like, so this is a fail. And once you get up, you're terminated. Yeah, you're I mean, terminated. That's, that's how the I was APFT like, works. I'm like, I thought you counted. I forget what the number was. I was like, oh, I was fucking pissed at myself, you know. Mm-hmm. But so then, uh, but I was there because like they don't retest you to like a week and a half, about halfway through at that time. Mm-hmm. So I went through and did. I went through, still got the training and everything, did the shooting and everything. But you're doing like ruck marches at that time. Like we did all kinds of ruck marches and all that stuff. Then when it came time to, even at the end of the day, they would like basically smoke you and everything. And the one other guy from Alpha Company I went with me, he ended up falling out for as a heat cash heat casualty, and he had to actually he got terminated from the school and everything. But when it came down to doing the retest of the pt test i couldn't get my setups like i went the full two minutes but i could i was like i missed it by like three or God something dang. and uh, a guy from bravo company he missed his push-ups i think the first time and he missed it like one everyone that redid the pt test there was like no chance you were gonna yeah get it so so that was a hard one that was a hard one like shit it's like i don't even know if i'm still gonna you know be with the snipers headquarters and mm-hmm. like, no you'll still go that way and everything so Basically, from there, I went to deployment day, and there was two guys. Once we got down to Shelby, there was two guys that were qualified, Bravo 4 snipers, and our section leader, Leontiv, he was one of them. I was just like, man, I'm like, I'm just a new PFC, and I was just like, oh, this is going to be interesting because you could tell, like, his, like, demeanor with me. I was like, yeah, I'm like, I don't think you like me. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, Wendling, I was like, eh, he might be, you know. I was like, I don't know if you really like me. But but we had to thin, actually thin out the sniper section. We didn't really have a full sniper section. We didn't, Iraq, we didn't do, we did, like, one week of actual sniper missions. Oh, really? Then the rest was convoy security. But uh, when they were thinning out the whole sniper section, sending other people, other platoons that needed, like, the scouts need more people. Slavo kept me and everything. He's like, oh, he goes, I got good. And me and him ended up having a good working relationship the rest of his career when he finally got out. So that was pretty cool. And we're still friends to this day and everything. Oh, cool. But I was like, man, I was like one away from being on the cutting board to getting out of that section. And I was just like, well, I'm like, I guess hard work does pay off. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, 
No, went to Iraq then. Basically, a lot of convoy security stuff, uh, like indirect fires, IEDs. I mean, wasn't no like gun to gun, you know, gunning down. Yeah. Like we did in Afghanistan, but it was still like I was your age, you know. I was 19, 20, mm-hmm. 21. I actually I turned 21, 22 over in Iraq. So we got extended. Cause how, I was going to say, how long? Because you and Roe deployed together. Yep. Well, different companies but correct same deployment right so how, yep. long, how long was the deployment for again two years total two yeah. years total including mob that's fucking crazy so uh, yeah i was about um <clears throat> 18 months in theater okay so say. is that what you call like you guys got stop loss like you guys were set to come back and then or was it no it was uh so i think the what the, they call it surge surge yep. happened yeah so yeah. Surge did the surge. yep so they started walling up a bunch of cities uh out to the west i think towards jordan and stuff and they were start pushing out a lot of marine companies out there and um i think some some stuff with uh ramadi um basically just everywhere in the the, the sumi triangle they were trying to wall up and just fucking destroy them Mm-hmm. So, you know, instead of trying to spin up new dudes to, to bring into this thing that we're, you know, they're just like, well, look, you guys have the most experience, so it's just easier here. So just fucking just keep going. Just You're keep already going, here. dude. So, <laughs> yeah, all right, whatever, man. Like, all right, roger that. Because <laughs> so, you were in the Marine Corps, Joe. Yes, sir. When you were there, but you were there with the same uh, time frame as them and everything else. I was there just a little bit after them. A little bit after them. So how long was your deployment when you were there? Oh, mine was only like six or nine months. Was that it like was a total s- activation in the Marine Corps for like a year. Okay. And it was like actual six months on the ground. Okay. And what I originally started doing was like pulling security on Al-Assad, which is pretty friggin' boring. Yeah. I did some revetments on a couple of the, the, the entry gate and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But then, like I said, I was fortunate I got cut to a PTT, police transition team, which gave me a lot more flexibility and a lot. I got to see a lot more of the country, but there's a lot more danger. We had a lot of IED strikes, Mm -hmm. but not a whole lot of small arm stuff. I think it was Heilbecker. We got kind of consistent indirect fire, but it was coming from the other side of the Euphrates River, so we weren't going to do anything about that. There's like cop one and cop five that's right there. Uh, and then actual fob hit on the outside of town. The only thing that was really cool about it was that on fob hit, because we were Marines, we got to stay with ODA mm. on top of their barracks. Oh, so we fuck, got to use their dope. gym. They had a wash machine, their own shitters. The only thing we had to do was we had to go to everybody's common area to like get chow and shit like that, which mm-hmm. was like a ways away. There was actually a mosque there that was never inhabited. It was what? weird. On base? Yeah, it was right there. And when you first came in, you guys would turn uh, left to go to where the army stayed. If you looked at that minaret in front of you, that's a mosque. There was never anybody there. Well, I don't know why there. I don't know why that'd be. There's a lot of Muslims in the army and Marine Corps. I don't know. That's a joke. <laughs> but um, so you get so okay because I've never been to Iraq. Mitch, fucking junk in Connors. We've never been to Iraq, so this is kind of no. It is. I know it's we, just it's a. Sh- I can confirm. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
the experience there for me and Nick and Franny was different. See, mine, yeah. like I said, Nick, I know had a lot of combat engagement over there. I did. I my yeah, I got I got moved around quite a bit, so I, I got to see quite a bit of uh, Iraq. Like I went, man. What what's the farthest base? Air Force Base down south, Talil. Um, I got pulled from Charlie Company um, as a E five. Uh, I was a fire team leader, and uh, my best friend was my uh, Ryan Salas, was my Bravo team fire leader, and um, my team or that 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 squad essentially got pulled, um, and along with I think another uh, squad from Bravo Company, and I got pushed down to to Leal to start running operations down there uh, because basically they didn't have any infantry guys they didn't have really anybody to go out and like hey we have to move this cargo we have to move we, we have to do this but yet we can't just let you know this shit get fucking killed so you need people attached to them to be able to, to fight so you mean or cooks do can't something. do this i mean you can you know but the the learning curve is going to be like i'm going to solve the problem right fucking now where you're going to have to try to think about it you yeah know? so they just didn't have anybody down there so i get pulled with this tasking to go down there. Um, and I, I worked from Talil all the way up past the, like I was pushing up to Anaconda. Mm. So, I mean, everything along that. How far is that? It's a ways, man. That's yeah. south to north in Iraq. Yeah. It's past uh, Biop. So I'd, I'd worked Biop quite a bit. Um, I never quite made it. I was going to run the Mosul once, which would have been my farthest north. But usually my, my uh, northern limit was going to be about Anaconda. Okay. So you're, so you, so your squad and another squad from probably you said yep. got so, pulled to do run kind of with security for like basically base to base what, whatever they had down there. Oh no, like, really? Whoever needed to move this stuff. So I would go out like it, it was three gun trucks and I'd run all night. Mm-hmm. It was uh, I had a gun truck, Sal had a gun truck, and then we had um, another dude. We'd sometimes get another Bravo guy to fill in, but it was basically three gun truck runs. Well, let me interject right? here: the gun trucks. Oh, are dude. not like <laughs> no. Afghanistan gun trucks. They were running teacups. They are flat no, bottoms, fuck. fucking bolted on, <laughs> plate shit Humvees. <laughs> dude, they are horrible. Bro. They are horrible. They, you're standing up on the back of a cutback Humvee with a 50 cal on a mount that when you hit the trigger, the goddamn thing ends up in your lap. Jeez. It is unbelievable. So, yeah. It, and that, that was what they – that, and that's only my experience on the Marine Corps side. They're, they're saying, hey, run it. Mm-hmm. Do it, shoot, and then when it falls down, put it up against something and shoot it some more. So this is oh five, yeah, oh six, oh six. Yep. So I mean, we 07. get there and like okay. we're running, just you know, we we got some armor on the doors, but it's just steel cup, mm-hmm. teacups up top, you know, not a whole lot. And dude, they're not the one fourteens. No, like you know, ballistic know, glass. You just didn't know no better. You just like just yeah. hat, so you just fucking ran it. You know, glass like, is better it. than plastic. Remember that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. But um, <laughs> so we'd go out at night and I'd escort wherever, you know. Um, and I actually, it was a lot of mixed contact that I had. Um, I'd get a lot of complex ambushes uh, from both sides of the road a lot of times. And we say, I know we all know it here, but sometimes listeners don't really know. I've had some comments come in about when oh. we're talking army shit. We say complex ambush. Um, like, I'll take, for example, one of the big ones I got into. Um, I was coming south out of Biop. And uh, there's this, uh, it's called uh, Checkpoint 59 is where I got hit. Um, and it's called RPG Alley. So mm-hmm. I'm going south, right? And, 
it's a two lane. Then you've got, you know, your median stuff in the middle, which would be like a canal, roadway, grass, whatever. And then you'd have your other other uh, opposing two lane going the opposite direction, right? So we're heading out at night. Um, I'm actually gunning this whole time because, to be honest with you, like I could command and control from the gun way better. Mm-hmm. Like I just can I can see what's going around. Like I'm, I'm not trying to look through a fucking Humvee window to see where I'm getting shot. At, yeah. You know? Like, and also to, to, I had a really good, um, I re- had a really good E4 that understood how to TC, how to run the radio. Like he knew how to do my job, right? So I could mm-hmm. trust him to be in that TC spot where I could command and control from the top. So, anyways um we're rolling down everything's super quiet which is really weird obviously this is like you know fucking two in the morning three in the morning we go out and uh i start we all start noticing um that there's three or four cars you know parked on the side and then there's an open spot three or four cars parked in an open spot just enough to where you know you can insert a humvee in that open spot and then you know you're just basically creating a, a funnel uh, funnel yeah, and firing right. for that. So sure shit, that's what happened. And we get to a spot, hit it, RPGs, take out fucking fuel trucks. I ended up getting pinned in the back and where I could not get around nothing. So I get RPG fire from coming both sides, uh, east and west of me. I got fuel trucks burning in front of me. There's no way I can get out and around. And all I'm doing is just thugging it out in this teacup. Just fucking thugging it out. Dude. God. Like, at that point, you know, like, we we went to the mechanics and, like, look, dude, I, I need more guns up here. So, like, I had a 240 mounted, and we penneled up, you know, and welded another saw up there. It was like, oh. Up on, uh, on. Fuck, yeah. So, as soon as that 240 went, I just spun that thing around. I had another saw right uh-huh. there. Yep. And I'd run that bitch dry. And then I'd duck down and get, you know, more ammo or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just in this exchange doing that. And I'm like, fucking somebody figure this out, right? Um, there's no way they can get back to me. So we ended up doing this for, I don't know, it was about 45 minutes. What was your protocol like for other guys in the vehicles? Were they, uh, ex- and you said you were in Humvees and shit, yep. were they fucking just slinging open the windows and fucking letting no, it No, pin it up. Spin it up. No, pin it. I mean, just, just keep your shit closed. There's nothing that you could do effectively. That's why, that, and that's why I was curious about Not, I, I know in our vehicles in Afghanistan, we, we weren't doing that no, shit. No, because there's too much fire. There's too much smoke. You know, there's just too much. You're not, your knobs aren't going to push through that. Right. You're, you're Convoys not, are a lot know. closer than what we experienced in Afghanistan. I mean, I've, I've seen it. You know, convoys mm-hmm. are a lot closer. So if you get a tanker truck that goes up, you've got maybe 50 meters of fire between the yeah. hood and the ass end of that guy, you're not going to move maneuver around the front of the vehicle to right. get fire superiority to envelop the enemy because you have two. You have the bullets coming at you and a literal fire trying to cook you. Right. And you got you got to literally keep your Humvee away from that. And like Nick is doing with suppressive fire, trying to keep the bad guys down. You've He's telling his guys to stay inside. Oh That's yeah, the there's, there's nothing we can. So, do. so you're just when you're um, in a firefight in that situation, you're just command. Like when you're just talking command control, you're talking mostly between trucks, like trying to direct yes. fires from yes. other gun trucks that so, you have out there on the convoy. Yes. I, I give my situation. Obviously, there's nothing really I can do other than run the gun. Right. So I give as much situation 
to Ryan, Sal, mm-hmm. right? Um, it was my other, you know, E5 at the time. And he just goes to work, spins up fucking Cobras from the base. Here they come. Fuck you. Nice. Yeah, yeah I was just going to ask you it. if you had, like, So, yeah, we had air Cobras. Support so it stuff. was Marine Control land, so we're talking to Cobras. He walks him in. Obviously, it's not too hard to find. <laughs> you know, like, dude, I got my strobes on. And I got everything going to and I'm just eating. Like, I don't know what's out. I can't see too much, but I can see, you know, obviously muzzle flash and tracers. Mm-hmm. So I just concentrate on that, and I just try to eat as much as I can of it mm-hmm. until something comes, right? And then after that, it's just like clean up, go about your day. Mm-hmm. Just make sure you gain fire superiority in the moment. Yeah. So, I mean, th- there was a lot of that stuff, um, especially uh, when I was working north and south of in, in Iraq. And then when we'd move out to the to west where I'd work uh, east-west mostly out from Al-Assad out to, out to Jordan um, is where we ultimately kind of end up. A lot of that was, was IED-based. Okay. Uh, and a lot of those tactics, even in the IED-based stuff, changed because I started – I mean, it was just a bunch of one five fives, you know, wrapped together. And they got um, bigger. Yeah, then yeah. they got super big, and then we got EFPs when we were coming out of, you know, I, I get a lot of that EFP stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had a buddy out of 34th of the Minnesota. EFP. Yeah. yeah. Let them know what that is. Yeah, um, yeah. so one five fives, too, they're basically rockets. No, well, they're, one they're, five fives is a house. Layman terms. Yeah, well, but who yeah. doesn't know what a house is? Yeah, it's a, it's a big artillery round. Artillery round, yeah. Yep. It's a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they pack it full of C4, put a deck cord, some sort of timer or whatever, and, and um, when that shell explodes, all that fragment um, from that artillery round penetrates, obviously. Well, I mean, and, it, it, it takes a pretty significant amount of um, explosives oh, yeah, in order yeah. to blow them out because they're fairly inert until they're yeah. exploded, yes. obviously. But, Correct. You know, it's like, <laughs> Correct. It, but yeah. that's what that's, that's what they're designed for, exactly. just to be a giant shell to yep. deliver the payload to cause it to explode. Because mm-hmm. yeah. the shrapnel that comes out of that is fucking furious. Oh, bro. Explosive form penetrator is just a directionally controlled copper solid that's cone-shaped so that it's inverted. So that when the explosion on the back side of the invert comes out, it takes a convex turns it into a concave turns into liquid plasma and it'll burn through anything it'll burn Mm -hmm. through your tank oh yeah and it's unbelievable and that Mm -hmm. it it has to be one of the most brutal ways to die because you get cooked yeah it's fucking crazy um so you so uh, okay let's back up a little Mm -hmm. bit here um because your experience is my experience was I was all over. Much different. So, You're all over the place. Depending on my location. Like, fuck, man. When I was running in, in Baghdad and shit, like, I was getting worried about, because they, they were hanging um, IEDs on the uh, chain link fences. As you go around uh, roundabouts, as you go around uh, exits on highways, mm-hmm. anywhere they could place something to try to kill you, they would. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really working on the sides or underneath anymore. So they started fucking putting shit underneath bypasses, underneath bridges, on sides of fucking fences, dude, anywhere. And these people are ingenious. They try to make that shit look inert. Oh, that's a bird's nest. No, mm-hmm. that's a fucking bomb. Now you yeah. just roll on, boom. You're like, <coughs> and then they sit that? there. They, they These people are master of timing. They will sit there. And they will say, okay, they'll do a dry run. We'll just run a car through there and fucking clack that fucker off and see how long it takes my signal to hit it, mm-hmm. to blow it out. 
Yep. I mean, they don't, they don't, it's just like the American military. They don't just do this because they want to. They test this shit out and oh, their yeah. tactics work. Yeah. I mean, Iraq is definitely a much more, I mean, they were, they got really crafty with their IEDs and shit. Yeah, they're they're trying to craft. Yeah, as opposed uh, to Afghanistan and shit. They polished a lot of stuff there. Yeah. I really do think they did. I mean, it's not hard to hide trash in the fucking country that's full of trash. It was right. all over. Fuck <laughs> them. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. So uh because you guys you guys were there for so long. Like, Franny, did you notice like I guess your role in Iraq was a lot different than Rose, but what were you guys specifically doing when you were in Iraq? So we did, we did the same Jordan runs as when he finally came back. Because I remember when all you guys came back from down south, we would do the Jordan runs. So it'd be a three day run. We would leave a thirty day run, three day, three day run. Okay. Three. So we'd leave El Sad. We'd make it up to CKV. That was a base, Camp Korean Village. Mm-hmm. We'd get everything basically staged there, spend the night there. We'd run up to the Jordan border. We'd get, we were taking back stuff. Then we would get another full load. Basically, it was basically all fuel, what I remember, right? A good majority of it, yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there might have been some things here and there, but yeah, I'd probably say majority. Fuel. So we would have to inspect all the trucks and everything, the tankers and everything. And then we'd bring them back to CKV, spend the night there. Then we'd wake up early in the morning, head back to El Sad. We did that for the first part our platoon was uh linked up with weapons company but then we got pulled off the three-day runs for most of the rest of the deployment like when it got like like when it got really busy i guess we went back because we had one of our e5s jump there was a fight that started and they're yeah. like they're like yeah you guys don't need to go with weapons company anymore so then we took over actually the hit runs <laughs> So it was like the, a lot of the one day runs, which uh-huh. that wasn't bad. Then, uh, so they wanted to do something with our, you know, we had a sniper section. They wanted to do something with us. So we hooked up with the, is it the 113 Marines out of Hawaii? Fuck, I don't know, bro. I'm almost positive. It was 113 <laughs> Marines. We actually linked up with them for a week. We went down, it wasn't hit. It was like, I want to say it was like south of hit that we spent a week with them and we did some missions with them because the mission i did uh, middle night we left the base walked through this town and basically we took over a house got on the top of the roof and we're watching like an id site Mm -hmm. then that's way like some of the other because we had three basically three teams so like each team went out a couple different times and did different missions with them but uh yeah it was basically convoy security okay so you so you only had like really one like one specific sniper mission that you really conducted while you were there or did you guys do multiple one or two one no or two? one or two you were, that was you were it. mostly it was there a, for convoy security or something yeah it was okay. basically convoy security we, so uh, i didn't do a lot of just the prep just so, like we were not the landowners yeah. that, that, that's, that's which, an, which goes into a, yep. a big part of like what you're what you're able to because you're just at the tasking of hey man what what the big army needs and who's on the land right so who you know, were you under i guess uh we were so Al Saad was uh, Marine control land, so I'm, I'm not sure who's the 
specific <laughs> landowners. Everyone's looking at, look, everyone's looking at uh, Marine like, who the fuck is it, dude? I but it was state of my somebody, level, bro. Yeah. You know. Uh, um, and then the diamond I, patch. It's the diamond oh, the patch. First Mardiv or something. Guadal- I don't it's know. the first Mardiv, but yeah. it's mm-hmm. giant. Yeah. So Obviously, there's four. Um, while Talil, like when I was down south, like Talil was all Air Force. Okay. It was Air Force. That was an Air Force base. They had fuck strip, whole, whole, everything. So the ship was landing in there. So that was the Air Force ran. So that was one of the reasons why, you know, they probably weren't doing so hot down there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you right. Know? Um, so we had, it was multinational down there too. They had, uh, we had Italians um, doing all the main gate stuff. Hmm. When I'd roll into the main gate going down, you know, after, you know, sometimes, dude, I'd be on the road for like a week plus. Hmm. Jeez. Um, get blown up, pull in somewhere, get fixed. Go out again, fucking blown up again, pull in somewhere, get fixed. Like, Jeez. It was, like, <laughs> it was fuck. But I'll tell you, it was better than being next to the flagpole. Yeah, that's true. Dude, fuck, I'd rather be a road warrior. Yeah, right. Get, get me out of fucking Just Mad Max and shit. Dude. Yeah. No, nah, next to the flagpole, no, people can see you. Yeah, right. You're in trouble then. Yeah, Robe really thrives in places where higher ups can't see him. No, get so. me out of there. <laughs> but, um, the whole platoon but, was that way. Yeah, right. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but like Franny, like your your experience there where you, I mean, mostly convoy security and whatnot, but uh like did you guys I guess specifically I guess you three that have been to Iraq, when you were there, did you see like tactics? Changing? Did it go yes. from small arms being predominantly like like small arms actual firefights earlier on to more IED driven, or was it flip flopped, or how did it? How did the combat situations change w- during your deployment? I just remember the way they started. The difference they started doing IEDs in the two years or a year and a half we were there. First, the IEDs like well, we hit, they weren't that. You know, I mean, yeah, they would take a vehicle out, but then they just got bigger and more like deadlier you know mm-hmm. or because they were doing a lot of they weren't doing like a whole lot of like hme like homemade explosive type shit it was like they're late like they had access to like one five fives and shit because iraq the way it started it was a legitimate mill like iraqi was a fucking iraqi army and shit yeah. we were fucking yeah, up and whatnot army. and then it, so they had like the insurgents at the time that you guys were mostly fighting they had access at least to some form or another of like legitimate explosives and well there was a right? level where they had legitimate explosives they knew exactly what that explosive was going to do and then they begin to experiment with homemade explosives so then they got to they got to compound the weight of it so they get the desired effect but then on top of that, now we're getting 114s that are coming in, rhinos and all that shit, up-armored yeah, stuff. Shit, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so they're they're actually having to – it's an experiment for us to defeat the IDs, mm-hmm. but then it's an experiment for them to create an ID that will defeat us. Yeah, well, it's a perfect example of the escalation of force. Like yeah. um, oh, yes. police officers like carry nightsticks, yep. and then criminals start carrying guns, so police start wearing body armor, and like it's 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 – a we in weird they're watching in learning way. it's a oh, weird yeah. beautiful ex- you know. social experiment you like, get devastating explosions that totally evaporate a 1114 mm-hmm. and what's a you're like well that, it's an up armored humvee Thank it was you. like the first generation type shit that actually had armored doors and stuff like that and you're like that was a bit excessive and when they light that shit off, they are nowhere to be seen because they use like Saneo base stations that can mm-hmm. – their cell phones over there – actually, sorry. Let me back that up. 
It's not cell phone. It's a cordless phone because they don't use the FCC over there. So their cordless phone, they could be five miles away, and if they can see the house that the base station is in, Line they can, still, they can oh, still okay. talk to it. Yep. So you don't know where these assholes are. They All they all have to do is count the seconds from you to get to one point to another point, and that point yeah. is fixed to where the IED is set. They'll place the phone call to the Saneo Bay Station. Boom. Wing, 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 wing. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, literally, I mean, so yeah. they're, uh, it is a infrared garage of, door openers. Yep. Yeah. Like you yep. name it. What, whatever you could. Hacksaw blades. Yeah. Whatever you could create or disrupt the signal to either send it or just. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, they would take 107 rockets. And they would set them up on a battery, and I think a 107 rocket shoots at like 10.5 volts. They'd take a 12-volt battery and set it out there. And when it counted down or discharged at 10.5, it would light that off. We got that in Afghanistan on metal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those and, 107s, they had no idea yeah, where they, they came from. Mm. Me and Johnny were in the gym yeah. that day. Yeah, we were. <laughs> yeah, and those is things that, could have been that, sitting there for months, the gym. Uh-huh. sitting against the mountain for months. Yep. Because I, I guess – Iraq is wild just because I've I've never been there. So it's like um, thinking about how it changed, I guess, uh, combat-wise while you guys were there. Uh, did did you – so were they mostly command debt or were they – were you running like pressure plates and shit a lot when you were there? It was a, uh, it was a bit of mix. mix mine, was, mine was at yep. least 50-50 on that. Oh, really? We, it, it would just depend a, a lot, I think, on – Number one, the area where you're working and what cell is working and what they're good at. Oh, okay. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, it, it just depends on what that – some people learn how to do it one way. This other cell is going to learn how to do it the other way. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. But, and they it, were but it's at. always learning and always improving. So it's just like, all right, where do we put that cell or where where can they – you know, do the most. Well, later on in the deployment, it became more command detonated controlled stuff mm-hmm. because they wanted max effective and control at the same time. Yeah. And like I said, if you get distance, they discovered the distance that you get with, with uh, cordless phones or triggering devices. So they became more command detonated on my end of it. Okay. I mean, we, we had, we had command detonated stuff that we drive by it every day. And we're like, well, that sign's still there. Mm-hmm. That sign's still there. And then one day we decided to get out and look for it, and then we had to call a Navy EOD, and they blew that fucker up, and it was 70-plus pounds. Jeez. Yeah. They just forget about it? No, they didn't forget about it. They were just – they Waiting. they put this shit in, and they know. They make a road map. Oh, we got – you know, it's like a treasure hunt. We got mm. uh, 15 IEDs out there. We'll just go wait this day and – Go wait the next day at this place. Just kind of like wait, it's wait to like, see what, what's worth blowing up like and hunting. what's not. It's like yeah. hunting. They just have to wait on a certain game trail you also to gotta, get the desired mm-hmm. effect. You also got to figure there's so much trash out there. Oh, yeah. It was really easy for them to hide the IDs. Yeah. I mean, we'd pick some up. Like We'd pick some up as like like mushroom hunting. You find some, how many you walk <laughs> by. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, right. So yeah, with, no shit. with Iraq and all the trash, like the smell, like one thing that I remember about Afghanistan, especially Matterlawn, was the smell. Like, did it smell similarly? No, it smelled like shit. Uh, <laughs> but there's that Iraq, like, sweet Iraq, garbage smell. No, Iraq smelled worse in Afghanistan. Did it? That's only because the mountains, I think, defeated everything. There's w- there's way more veg. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Yeah. When you get down around decay. the rivers. Yeah, when well, you when you get into the along the, the rivers, you know, in, in Baghdad, it's it's different. There's you know, 
there's more. Right. But, I mean, you get anywhere else. Around Fallujah, when we got sure. around uh, TCP, I mean, uh, I think, no. It was Pump Station Flanders and Flea or something like that. Mm. That that area got humid. Yeah. But everywhere in Afghanistan, when we got down by the trees, holy shit. Oh, yeah, I know. It's thick as fuck in that bitch. Yeah, and it got bitch. humid. Yeah. Holy shit. And, but, but you get down in the water, by the water, it was cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never understood how it could be. You're 20 feet away from the river or the canal, and it's 100 degrees, the and then you get down there by the river. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you're definitely getting that in Afghanistan specifically. You're getting that mountain, yeah. cool mountain river water through elevation. Oh yeah, yeah, um, elevation. Yeah. But in even, elevation. even in fucking Iowa, you go down to a river. And you get within, you know, you get on the river bank, and it's a solid fucking what five ten degrees cooler in the middle of summer. You know, it's just that that, the water flowing definitely helps cool things down. But Afghanistan specifically, because they're getting that mountain water down that bitch, and it it sucked traversing out of there because Mm -hmm. there's a point where you're just humored and it just feels like fucking Satan's asshole. Yeah, it (laughs) was terrible. So, because I got Iraq, you said you guys were working some rivers and stuff, but was it? I mean, is it? It's mostly just fucking desert out in that bitch, right? Yeah, pretty much all. Is is it kind of like Kuwait? Yes, I know. Because I, I spent nine nine months in Kuwait, and that bitch is. I, um, fuck, but. Where? Remember that? Where did we go? Where did we? It was south or something. It was with like a Bravo Company. Where we? Uh, what? What was that crazy motherfucker? The, the mortar platoon daddy. Sage. Yeah. <laughs> where, where the fuck were they at? Martyrs. Yeah. Was, yeah. was it? Were they in? Hell uh, yeah. Where Delta was? Uh, wait. The, no, they're in Zeohawk, dude. Zeohawk. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, like, think Zeohawk. Oh, okay. That's what. That's kind of what fucking Iraq was like. Yep. Um, like out west, like I actually got in trouble because uh, I lost battalion commander. Um, not my <laughs> fault, but <laughs> wasn't he on point that day? Uh, so we were we were doing our uh, I don't know what they fucking called it, Rat Pack shit. So main convoy body go out right quicker. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what was it? I called? just most of the time I'd go out to the left or right. Right, and just flank, screen, and just, if there's somebody out there, we'll hopefully run into them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so BC wanted to go out with us one day, and I was like, all So right. let me explain. Good call, you, sir. Let me explain yeah. what you were doing. So in front Sorry, of the I Sorry, I think we jumped around a little bit. Are, I was still doing my introduction. But yeah. I know, no, right? no, no, no. It took too goddamn long. I was explaining what Roe yeah. was saying he was doing. So you have your main convoy. These guys would go out in front of the main convoy, and they would, like, flank, like, to left or right. They'd be way ahead of them looking for, like, you know, trigger men, ambush sites, you know, and everything. I forget what they call what our battalion called it. Probably had some cool name, but whatever. That's basically what they were doing and everything. And that was the funnest job of doing the whole convoy because you could do whatever. Yeah. You weren't just in a line like, oh, this is... Can't wait to get... So you could be like... Looking at the asshole, <laughs> the guy in front of you. You could be a little more Baja style. Well, yeah. I mean, because... Well, so, company commander, my... I was with Charlie Company, and my company commander was uh, uh, Commander Kane. Um, Captain Kane. Robbie Kane. He's a good dude. Um, Candy Kane. Let's put another he, he was a He was a really good leader. Um, yeah. I remember a couple of times, we'd, we'd get calls from some marine on a sat phone that he had some marine fucking own base something. i'm lost well no it's like it was a higher directive it was, hey you're around this area I said there's a high you know hvt so how many guys do you got high value target yeah can you can you make this tasking because you are the closest person there because mm-hmm. they're you know they're watching our shit on fucking you know we got predator 
What's the thing called? Uh, blue the blue, yeah, the blue yeah. force yeah. tracker. Yeah. 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 was like oh, yeah. Iraqi text message right there. Blue you, got, <laughs> you got 17 seconds of delay. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we they'd see where it's The oh, enemy is there. No shit. You know, let's say, hey, man, uh, <laughs> how many dudes you got? Are, are you are you able to have this? We, we, we're getting pings. And that shit happened all the time. Mm-hmm. So we'd fucking circle up some kind of fucking village, and there's like you know we got like eighteen guys or something like not enough to be fucking doing a raid, you know. Like, oh, man. so it just gets kind of squirrely. You're like, well, I guess we can do this. <laughs> um, so it, it was a fun position to, to be put in because it, it gave you some latitude. It gave you some different looks at at Iraq instead of just fucking being you know behind a fuel truck. Mm-hmm. just sitting there so it, it was a really neat experience to be able to do a lot of different things and war is not like the movies no is hey no. this is your mission and follow on and another yeah. one and follow on yeah so, so you know it it uh point being back to zealhawk right that's that's a lot of what like Al-Assad out west looked like Okay. You know, just kind of this just just oh, arid and arid sand. wadis, you know, ravines, just shit like that. But, uh, yes, I did lose the battalion commander. <laughs> you, no, you, wait, you wait, didn't wait. lose him. He lost him. Yeah. Oh, he, lost him? Well, like, he, he misplaced lost. Misplaced him? Well, so remember back in, we were running with those warlocks and all those oh, yeah. electronic, electronic jamming like a devices. wizard? Yes. Oh, okay. No. Literally in the back. Fuck yeah. I, uh, it's supposed to defeat Sunil Base Station or yeah. anything HF. I've got a fun story about And not get into your uh, crypto and all that shit. So it was not a, supposed to. Nah. It was a Humvee set up with all this electronic stuff that basically blocked signals. Thanks, Franny. In layman's terms. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you so much. Because these guys are fucking talking <laughs> for yeah. HF, like, radio, burr, burr, burr. radio flyer, frequency, like, RI. I don't know. So, so it's, it's, it's so like headquarters, so, headquarters name for their Humvee was Jammer 69. Fuck yeah. Jammer 69. Hell yeah. It was. Oh, what the hell are you jamming? Your mom. <laughs> yes. She's all right. Um, Got it. So I had mine off, right? Because a lot of times it fucks when you're really close to flux with your, your radio freaks, right? Oh, sure. You're not picking anything up. Well, I mean, so yeah, that's what's supposed to do. We're too. fucking just, we're dude, we're sending it. Ravine, <laughs> shit's just bouncing all over my gunners. Can you make that sound one more time? Which one, please? The, like, there you go. Yep. <laughs> my, you know, gunners like, please begging me, please Jesus, stop. <laughs> you know, because he make this stop. But anyways, uh, so you know, we've got our go bag, you know, like three day packs and stuff in the back, and sure shit, one of those bags flips the jammer on. And all of a sudden, we go silent. Oops. We don't get radio. We got nothing. So I'm like, well, I don't know where anybody's at. So we're just going <laughs> to fucking keep going. Like uh, GPS, the old daggers, nothing worked. So I'm like. <laughs> and you had no idea that. I had no idea. Nothing. So. <laughs> and I'm like, where? I can't see the road. Like, where are we? What the like, fuck? I'm trying to get a fucking like I'm literally stopping him like I you know I always carry compass I don't care where I'm at I'm in yeah. rolling Faraday cage yes exactly <laughs> and I'm like I don't know what's going on I'm like I'm really? trying to restart shit plug shit in what's Shut a it dagger off. what's that what's a dagger a dagger is something oh, that's old like school. that's the handheld that's, that's, that's the, the, old the big old brick yeah da- oh yeah remember when I love it uh, somebody lost that I think we were at it was at Shelby. Basically, it. it's a GPS. Oh, it's yeah. a GPS. It's uh, they shut everything down. A giant. How how big would you consider that? 
Uh, it was so, big enough. Like a Motorola. The first generation had like a big dick hanging. It does. You could flip it up. Yep. And had a, like a hand. And the first thing. generation actually the went bit. like fifteen years. It lasted it a long time because Never I had that in, when I was in the Corps from ninety three to ninety seven. Mm-hmm. And you guys still had that when I joined the Guard. Yeah. I think they actually make them in Cedar Rapids. And then they went the dagger. They went, <laughs> I think they probably do. They went like the dagger two or dagger three, which is a sm- much smaller handheld yeah. one. And that well, one is a the, lot faster. The plugger. Yes. The and plugger. it's a lot faster. Yeah. Dagger to it is. plugger. God plugger. Dang, right. But anyway, yeah. Oh, so the plugger okay, was first, wasn't it? Then it was no. the dagger. No, it was dagger, then the plugger. No. Was it? It was the plugger first. Well, then fuck, it was the dagger. Well, fuck me then. I'm almost positive. Don't you might be. No, no, we had anyway, daggers, we had daggers when we were in Afghanistan. So. so it was the plugger. Yeah, first. It was the plugger first. Well, that bitch. Okay, so you're yep. Bahan round. You don't. Yep. yep. You don't know where the why the fuck you can't reach anyone. No. And you lost your time. Are we still in that story? Yep. Okay. So great story. I know. Thanks. On. Beginning, middle, and an end. Yeah, we got a little sidetrack. Let's wrap that one. It wasn't my fault. They wanted to know about it. That's it. It wasn't my fault. Super. So so an O got you in trouble. I'm stunned. Technology fucked me. So, okay. But you lost him because of the yeah, well, because like, the warlock so, fucking jumped on. Yeah, jumped on. Like I can't get on radio. I can't find him. Like nobody can find me. <coughs> I can't talk to anybody. Hell yeah. So we finally. I mean, I just continued like logic, like figure out where you're at. Like I know west is that way. No north. Like you just sure. keep going. But even in some of that that desert, like you'd go down into Wadi and like you wouldn't see anybody. Yeah, there. you're like, where am I? I hope I'm going straight. And then, long story short found everybody linked up and like going through stuff like we, we were trying to diagnose like what happened out there um and come to find out like as soon as that warlock goes on like your comms and shitter so it was just one of those things that where it was good that it happened because we found a, a hole in a system to where we're trying to defeat a system which they're putting like it's yeah. this big weird circle right right into where this guy's chewing me out like look bro it's not my fault and they're like dude that's the bc it is your fault. I was like, well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, fair enough. Like, and the it, warlock doesn't exist Because well, I was pissed. I was like, well, I didn't do anything. Like, you know, I didn't. I'm not trying to lose you, sir. Yeah, it's weird. I'm trying to defend my fucking honor here. And, yeah. But it was my fault. <laughs> At the end of the day. Are you yet or are you just still an E5? Uh, I know you picked up over there. So. No, I was still at E5. Cause nine, so the reason I got b- brought back to Al-Assad was because uh, my, my original squad leader, Staff Sergeant Nisley, was killed. Um, and he was running a squad. We had a, we had a couple guys. So uh, Staff Sergeant Nisley and then uh, Specialist uh, Sorbonne mm-hmm. were, uh, ended up uh, being killed in, uh, in combat. So it was an interesting kind of when you asked about how TTPs and, and tactics and things changed throughout that theater – um, when I, when we initially got there, there wasn't a lot of like gunfighting out in the West on the roads. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was, uh, IEDs not followed up by a lot of complex attacks or, or small arms fire. You put me to, you know, the South and, and running into Baghdad, that whole thing changes. Mm-hmm. Now it's fucking RPGs. Now it's fucking machine guns. Now it's IEDs. It's everything. Mm-hmm. And then come back out west again after leaving, and you're you're finding a lot of gunfighting now. Like so, Nisley and those guys got sucked into chasing these guys because they're throwing hand grenades at them. No oh, shit. 
and foreign fighters than there were in Iraqis. Mm-hmm. I mean, these, these dudes were trained Syrian dudes. Yeah, there's a lot of um, yeah. foreign fighters in Iraq, they were good. Iraqis. I mean, they sucked them in, and since they they hadn't seen that TTP before, they reacted the way that they would normally react to contact, which is closed with closed, and destroyed, yeah. mm-hmm. right? So he exited the vehicle because at this time the mandate is like, dude, you wear everything, plates, side plates, neck fucking shit, neck gaiters, shoulders, goddamn shoulders, yeah. everything. Oh, all the all the fucking shit. Yeah. Yeah. Marshmallow takes two steps out. Pat protector. Jesus, there it is, right? Um, so you know they just hadn't seen that before, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden being seen that now things got changed. Yeah. Right, so they're like, "All right, we need to bring these guys back," and now that that threat is out there, that's when they're going to start to introduce those those flanking maneuvers. Like, well, if dudes are going to be out there doing that. Well, then we need to respond. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it, it throughout that time, you know, that two year period, it, it changed a lot and very quickly. Yeah, did you see like a correlation between um, being like Baghdad being a more populous area rather than the rural areas too? Or yeah, was, it, was were, it very? No, you just had a little bit more free rank because nobody really like I I didn't roll during the day when I was in Baghdad. I did everything at night. Okay. Versus when I was out um, out in the west, I did everything during the day. Okay. Um, so it, it was just kind of the spoken rule. Like if you're out at night, dude, you're you know. You're up to no good. Yeah. Yeah. You know goddamn well you ain't supposed to be out here. So if I see you, I already take that as a threat. Mm-hmm. Like, that's level one for me. It's like, I fucking see you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you shouldn't. You, normal people are no. not out running around fucking no. taking it in the midnight no. air, you know? So. No. Okay. So then you guys came back from Iraq. Cause, um, Mitch, did you join when they were still gone? Like, did you get to the... No, because they... No, no, because I was, I, I got Jung in two thousand six. Yeah, oh, Jung was before yeah, you. Yeah, so like they were, they were all back. So we had Schmitty, and then Tubbs was there. <laughs> Tubbs, and, yeah. oh my god, then, wild mother Christensen, man. Jesus, Christ. yeah. So like they, they had already been back for. I think a he's while. part Indian. I think he's dead now, uh, isn't he? Is he alive? I oh, think. Oh, is he alive? I think, yeah. Oh, I, I got him a fucked the camel to death. He's a good fella. Oh, I like that. Hell yeah. He's a wild motherfucker. <laughs> but yeah, so like they had already been back. Okay. So like I got in like now with uh, Andrew Brown. Him and I were in together. And now yeah. he's like Charlie Company Commander. Yep. He's an old way now. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He didn't want to go to Afghanistan. Nope, us. nope. He no, wanted he... to stay and be a cadet. Yeah. He wanted to go to college like a fucking loser. Loss of respect. <laughs> You'll so, probably never listen to this, Andrew, but... I don't you. give a shit if he does. <laughs> All right. Just so, kidding. So, Jung, you, you, when did you join again? 2006. 2006. Uh-huh. Nice. So so I had... So you guys came nice. back in 2006? No, we came back in 2007. Seven. Okay, so they were gone when... Oh, maybe. I can't remember. It was so long When you ago. joined or before you actually started drilling? When I started, oh, I yeah, when I started did, drilling. You, you did split up. So. Yeah, yeah, because I was okay. an RSP for hell, and... Yeah. Um, then I got back and then they were all just like coming back and like kind of trickling in. Mm-hmm. But then, then my first squad leader was someone different. And then like my third drill is when Joe took over and made me dry shave it. 
um, in Des Moines. Fuck yeah. What's that? What's that place? Camp Dodge. Camp Welcome Dodge. to the military. And it was his butthole that he had to dry shave. And he wanted because I don't like looking at a hairy butthole on a, a Motorola razor for some reason because uh, that was the time, and it was just really uncomfortable. I think I have an S. I think I have an SA complaint. Too late. Go fuck yourself. All right. <laughs> I got a complaint. Because when, when Cunners and I joined, uh, we joined when Mitch was still doing your RSP shit. Yep. I remember because we weren't quite gone to basic training yet. And that's when we first met you. Yep. And you were like, yeah, I've already been basic. What's up, bitch? Well, <laughs> of course he did. Because you were, right? Because you no, just split so, up too, right? No, or no, I, you went straight through. Straight through. Okay, sorry. Um, I... Had to do RSP for like a year. Okay. Yeah, and it was fucking dumb. And RSP is just so like dumb. the reserve shit. Like before you recruit go, before sustainment you... program. Yeah, that was dumb. Me and your brother went RSP, and I we remember some acronyms. Yeah. Slow down. There's a lot of acronyms that you're gonna hear here, and uh, we'll do our best to stop and translate. Yeah. Love it. So you're an RSP still before you went to. So why were you an RSP for so fucking long? Well, I had because he's retarded. Well, okay. <laughs> Let well, the man speak. You know, I w- might have had a little bit of a history with the law, so there was that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's touch on that, Skosh. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, all you need to do is just, like, look him up on Iowa Courts Online. Yeah, or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I got a few minor possessions, like three and six weeks, but whatever. Fuck yeah. Um, but the prostituting for yeah, beer was, money was definitely a weird one that I seen. <laughs> There's something with a cow. Yeah, or whatever. Uh yeah, so I had to get that taken care of, and then uh, you know had to do my community service, you know, because mm-hmm. I was a minor. And then uh, yeah, finally I ended up going. So you had already signed the papers, yep. and then you and then you made some mistakes. So yep. they're like, hey, we can't send you to training when you're a criminal. <laughs> a criminal. <laughs> yeah, basically. How that okay. how that boils down to it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I ended up going to base training. Uh, would have been 2009. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Beginning yep. of 2009, January. Ended up finishing sometime in March. These guys are spinning up to do a AIT, and I found out. I, I just showed up. I'm like, yeah, Sergeant Rosine's your squad leader. I'm like, okay. So I'll just walk around until I find this guy, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> He's over there shaking his dudes down, making them dump their rocks. I go over there, I'm like, hey, you know, you're stupid fucking private here. <laughs> and I'm standing there. He's like, hey, Smith, you fucking bored? Well, yeah. He's like, well, fucking do push-ups. <laughs> 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 so I'm, I'm just doing push-ups. And he's like, all right, recover, private. <laughs> it sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that tracks. Yeah, all that. <laughs> Probably it. <laughs> So okay, so you got you got done doing pushups and shit. So you were because uh, you What's got that? to the you got to the to the scouts um, right as they were spinning up for an AIT. Right as they were spinning up for an AIT. Where uh, so we was that when we had uh, selection for a few of these guys out at that no that was, I think that was the next year. AIT is where the selection occurred. Didn't I know yeah, that's, that's, that's it was what that I'm year. so it was when we that got year. Smith, it was that year. He slimed in there. Oh okay. Yep. I can't okay. remember. It was a long time ago. So it was a. It was a little bit. So you actually <laughs> went through the uh, scout selection. Didn't no, they just no. put me in it. You guys, yeah, never. like, like, only, like, like only if you're actual, already in, there like, was a you hand were in. Okay, all right, all right, all right. 
The only actual yeah. selection we have is for snipers. Yeah, which oh. I conducted that. Well, no, no, we did a we did a selection for the scouts too. Yeah, yeah. that was that was the AIT that Cunners and I went yes. to. What fucking pussies joined then? Yes, um, Cunners. So, Me and Cunners and Mitch, and yep. then uh, no, we, we, Aaron, okay. right, Aaron right, McNew. Right. So yeah, Aaron McNew. Yep, he was but, there. Yeah, he should been here too. But uh, yeah, right. so okay, so you got um, thrown on the scout platoon because Cunners and I have this, have a very similar story. As well, but so you were in the scouts for a while, and you didn't do. And did you do that AIT when there was? Yeah, you actually went to that so, one. So okay, I was there a month before you guys, and you know, I got issued my gear and shit, whatever. And then uh, you guys came the following month, I believe. I'm sorry, I kept saying AIT. It's AT, right? Annual training. Yeah, well, yeah, I probably, yeah, I probably, I probably yeah. said the same yeah. thing. Yeah, you know, because whatever i'm an idiot <laughs> so you actually went you went to that that annual training there yep AT. i did that annual training and then uh yeah and so they, they did not hold a, a scout selection at that time because negative I, okay because when cunners and i joined is similar um cunners you want to get on here real quick um because when we when when we joined it was we because we both did this because that's the whole reason why i joined is because you joined and we went to basic together we did like that buddy program or the fuck so we went through basic together came back did our senior year of high school and then went back for ait which is your advanced individual training and then we went and got put in the scout platoon um but how long were we there for before we got like orders and shit because the the first at we did was basically like the lead up to mobilization yep yeah so we were there we were in rsp for more than a year. Well, yeah, because we had to go to RSP during our senior year of high school. Yep. So, and yeah, we never had. I, I mean, no disrespect to you guys, but like, we were always when we first got into the scout platoon, we were doing big army shit. So it was like we're sitting in front of PowerPoint, and like you guys, you know, or the next level up, and we're all bored. We're all doing shit that none of us want to do, and it's like you're talking about in RSP. It, well, no, just or, just when we got into the scout platoon. Oh yeah, yeah. Like it was just it was, it was big army stuff. It, it was just paperwork stuff. So it was like, God, like Rose an asshole. Joe yells a lot. <laughs> Fr- Franny's the quiet asshole. Like, what? How, how do how do we like how do we navigate this as like privates? You know? Yeah. And it's like not a fucking one of us wanted to be there. And that's when we were all button heads, and it was just like, I want to go out in the field. And then when we got out in the field, it was just like, everything comes together. Yeah, no, it, and it was pretty weird when we f- first got there because when we got there, the scout platoon was pretty much already assembled. Right. It, yeah. We were, because we were one of the last people to get tossed in to add numbers. And I knew, I remember like, talking and hearing rumblings that when we go to AT, we're going to be holding a, like a selection to make sure for one, that guys like me and you and Mitch and Chris and nugget, and we can all actually hang, you know, we already kind of had an idea cause we've been fucking working together for a little while. But, um, when we went to that AT and shit, I, I remember we held that like actual fucking, cause there was one other kid that came that came in from like Bravo. There was or an Charlie or something. X man. Like one a selection, and that was sniper selection. That was sni- yeah, oh, that was, that was sniper. Okay, I know. Roll explain on this one. There's a there's a couple of names to stand out, like uh, <laughs> the big ear one, Cole Bliskin, Morgan. Oh yeah, yeah. Couldn't hang it. 
Kobe. Yeah, oh you know, weren't right I, for the job. I, I honestly, yeah, I, I could never. I'm never going to talk bad about those guys because they came out and and they, the, you know, they put out what they could, mm-hmm. and it's no fault of their. It, you know, it's just they didn't fit at the time. So it's you know it's no you know no nothing against those guys they just didn't fit what we needed at the time yeah you know no big deal so um, yeah you know you'd have a couple of those guys that they just uh, you know they needed to fit us and they just didn't mm-hmm. and they were better fitted some yeah and, well, and they, they, did, and they, they, they did go to supporting MOSs and, and they, they were excel. fucking awesome at that yep mm-hmm. they uh, were awesome fuck yeah Morgan Morgan right now I don't, dude that dude's like a fucking he's seven. like a yeah. yeah I was gonna say he's like yeah, a yeah, he's first like, class you know mm-hmm. so you know I can't I'll never you know at the time my uh, words and stuff might have been a little bit different <laughs> but um you know looking back now no we we just needed to fill the right guys. But the, the right thing people. is, is you hold men to a standard that is your standard. Yes. And if they can't hack that standard, they're not going to be the minimum of what you expect. So they have to go. Yeah. And a lot I, of people I know think you're we, being exclusionary. Yeah. No, I, I know what we not. need to succeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And somehow I made it. Yeah, I don't know how. <laughs> I overlooked a couple of things. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I I guess when, because. Yeah, we, we, we made it hard. Yeah. It should be. I mean, yeah, it was. It was cause it how long? It, should, it fucking should be. How long did we? I mean, we that, that whole AT was basically like. Uh, Two and a half weeks. Is basically the fucking selection. selection. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, it wasn't fucking easy. But like Franny, like you, because Roe came in the scout platoon. You were already there. You were you, you yeah. were like the only one that stuck around for my rack. So you want me to finish my intro? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Just hurry the hell up. You got a little sick. bit cut up there, but yeah. it was good. Me and Ro told our experience about Iraq. But so after Iraq, basically came back, got in drilling status again. Uh, Wenling and Christian, they went out to be movie stars. Uh, I forget what, what movie. What? Green Zone. With Green, Matt Damon. Zone. Green Zone. I still what? look for them every Yeah, Yeah. So like when Matt Damon lands and like you can see Tubbs. The worst. In the black, hand, in the the black worst. hawks. The worst. All right. All right. All right. All right. Spec off. So Wenling was Matt Damon's gunner in that movie. Oh, he no shit. Of, he, he's still part of, he's still in the 133rd, I think. I think he's. I don't stuff must have changed with the whole snipers. I think he might be going to school, be like an officer or something for the snipers. What I heard, don't quote me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, so they were gone. They were took a leave of absence from drilling. Basically, there's no one else in the platoon except for me and Slavo. Tubbs came back. Christian, once he got done doing the movie, then it was just kind of like doing AT stuff. You know, drill weekends. Uh, we were part of the scouts, and that's when I first met Boer. He was a squad leader for the scouts. Mm-hmm. And the first time I met this guy, like, Boer? it was like, yeah, Boer. <laughs> he was like totally like we were out in the field. He's the guy that, you know, he has a big cooler Mountain Dew and everything. And oh, like, yeah. And that was the first time, like, I've ever seen. I was like, seriously? Like, that's kind of cool, you know? But I was like, what the fuck, you know? I was like, that's <laughs> not like what we've done for the last how many years? So then Slavo got, I went to sniper school. And I made it through. Mm-hmm. No problems. I actually got top shot of the class. Fuck yeah, dude. So I made like all my stationary targets, hit every single one of them. Moving targets, hit everyone. But the last one nicked the side. They couldn't get the pasty in it. Oh. Or else it would have been a complete then unknown distance. I you know, accomplished that. No mm-hmm. problems. All, 
or review, you know, regain my, I was like, okay, I'm like, I made it through this fucking school. Like, I am you know? a fucking soldier now. <laughs> I'm like, God, all right, dang. fucking super Hell stoked, yeah. you know, Yep. and everything. Then my section leader gets out, you know, I'm an E4. I'm the only one in the battalion that is Bravo 4 sniper qualified, mm-hmm. you know. Then I'm like, who's going to, re-? they had like an E6 that was going to replace them. What rank but, are you right now? I retired as an E6. Okay, but right now in the story, E4. You're an E4. E4. After Stamper School, yep. he passed, you're an E4. E4. Okay. So my section leader gets out. Christian was still in the section, but like, you know, we have like no, like, who's going to be our leader? You yeah. know, it's just like, well, fuck, you know? You're kind of in limbo. And I'm like, then, uh, so Boer got asked to go to Sniper School and everything. And, uh, because he was a staff sergeant, right? Yeah, he was yeah. a staff sergeant, had the rank and everything. Mm-hmm. There's, Obviously, I knew there's one I didn't want the section leader job that oh, time. No. It's being an E4. I was just like, but I need somebody. I was like, I'll, yeah. you know, I'm like, I'll be a team leader. I'm like, I'll be like, help them out, you know, and everything. Yeah. So then Boer, they're like, okay, we're going to send Boer to sniper school and everything. So I was like, all right, Boer, well, we got some work to do, you know, and everything. I was like, I'm not pissed off. I'm like, you're going to be my leader. But at the same time, in the back of my head, I was like, the first time I met you, you know, you're like, this guy, you know, just chilling out, you know, with Mountain Dews. I was like, are you going to take this serious, you know? Yeah. But that weekend up at McCoy where I was like, okay, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you are going to be a good fit. Yeah. And, which he was, like, the well, best fit for the job. Well, I know? can see that, too, because you just you just got back from a combat deployment for yeah. fucking ever. And you came back as an E4, and you're the only Bravo 4 in the section. Yeah. He's like, fuck, man. Like, hopefully you don't get stuck with some fucking loser kind of deal. So I get what your apprehension towards... Um, anyone would have been because like, man, this motherfucker better fit the bill. Like I, said, I just he just came in out of nowhere because he, wa- he came in while you guys were gone, correct? Yes. Okay. While we were gone. All right. Then I just wanted to make sure our section was going to be successful, you know, and yep. just so we didn't be like, okay, you guys are kind of a, like a joke section. But Boer, he he did a great job. At oh that. yeah, he got us to the place where we needed to be and. To this day, he's still one of my best friends. He was best man in my wedding. Mm-hmm. Like I said, that's how much respect I have for that guy. Yeah, he's he's the shit. Oh, yeah. For sure. But uh, so I got him trained up, go to sniper school. He passed that, no problem and everything. And actually why he was at sniper school is when I held sniper selection. Oh, like, okay. He actually like, okay, he's like, I'm going to be at sniper school during this AT. He goes, you're running selection. And I was just like, at that time I was in E5. I got promoted to E5. And I was just like. Well, I was like, these are the roles I got to do. So I was like, I'll try my best. Might fuck it up. But <laughs> uh, now I rem- that was when uh, you, just- Jody Dennis. Yes. Ticks on buttholes. Yeah. 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 That's what I, it, uh, it was raining. I remember that specifically. Yeah. It was fucking raining. These boys had, what was it? Two mile. I think it was a two mile. Yep. Gravel travel running boots and utes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yes, the, the sniper and the scout section were separate. For the tryouts. Yep. Yeah. No, it's okay. That's yep. Because yeah. I knew that because this is something. Yeah. Because yeah. by, by the time, oh, damn, by, by the time I while. got there, the center section was already established. So. Okay. By the time I got there. Did I just get there then, Franny? You just got cool? there. You, like, just got there a few drills before that AT happened. Because I remember, because I knew who you were and everything. Yeah. Your cousin was in the sniper section with me in Iraq and yep. everything. So I knew who you and Salas were. And, uh. Because I remember the first drill you showed Fucking up, you were just kind studs. of, uh, <laughs> yeah. you were just kind of just like hanging around. I'm like, hey, how's it going, Ro? Then I was like, oh shit, you're gonna be in the platoon. Mm-hmm. But 
But oh, so we did sniper selection. We got pretty much a good group of guys and everything, divvying them up teams. Did you uh, fill all the slots from that selection? Yes. We okay. Fill. We filled all the slots, which then we then me and Boer kind of talked a little bit, like who we want on each team and everything. And that was kind of cool because you got to get like personalities that work together. Yeah, sure. Then so basically from then it was just like training. Went to Afghanistan. We had uh, real, real quick going, going back to the, the sniper selection type deal. Is that that's when you got like Williams and Keel and yes. Henshaw? And we got, you got all of them, right? Yep, we got Williams, Keel, Henshaw, Klein, uh, Sauerberg. Yep, Sauer, uh, Sauerberg. Sauerberg came in later. Sauerberg oh, came in he later. Was an add-on. We had there to, was. Uh, he had Fisher. He was a Fisher. transfer yeah. from Illinois, right? Fucking yeah. Sauerberg was Fisher. a transfer. How we got him, because he was part, when he was active duty, he, he like worked with the sniper section, or he was kind of like part of the sniper section, so he had knowledge, so we took him out. Didn't he go to Sodic or some shit? I don't know about that. He's, I, I thought he said What's he went Sodak? to like Sodic or something. What's Sa- that? Sour nuts? Yeah. Yeah. You went to Sodic? I don't know what I'm, that means. I thought it was, it's uh, the Special Operations Target Interdiction Course. Yeah, How the hell did he get a slot for that? Fuck, I don't know. We don't or know he, if he, he did. Or, or he helped All I there know or something like that. he was like out that. in Washington. He did something with Sodic. Hmm. He had something with I thought. that pertained to, like, sniper stuff. Yeah. So was, like, we'll take him. Like, like, we'll take him. Like, yeah, we'll sure. take him. Like, he, he, walked, he watched a movie? No, he was a good shooter. That's a good movie. He was a good shooter. Because he came he from was. he came from active. Sour was a good yes, shooter. Yes, he was a good shooter. Oh yeah, he is a doctor. He is now, not was. Is he's a surgeon shooting motherfuckers? Yeah. yeah. Fuck, but uh, he was active duty, right? Yeah, he, he came, came from, from active, active duty. duty. Yeah. Yep. 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 Hmm. And we had all good guys uh, when we we're out. Uh, so we went to Shelby and everything, and that's uh mm-hmm. that's a different story. We'll yeah, touch we'll, on later. We'll get into that one the next one after fucking. Pete but uh, we ended up but... having to. So we have a sniper section. You have your sniper section leader, and then you have three sniper teams that consist of three guys. Mm-hmm. You have your shooter, your spotter, then basically you have your radio guy or you know security. Yeah. And uh, we ended up having to break three teams down to two teams because one guy couldn't make the deployment basically he had some stuff going on where he couldn't go on the deployment mm-hmm. not gonna touch on that at all but, sure uh, that's his thing yep <laughs> and uh <laughs> so then so my team was me keel williams and henshaw mm-hmm. which great fucking they're great guys oh yeah they're fucking hard chargers so deployed to afghanistan uh i ended up going up to najil with roe he took his squad up there. I took my team mm-hmm. up there. And how long did we stay there for, like, the first, like, probably two-thirds well, of hey, deployment? Real quick, before, we, before we get in Afghanistan and stuff, uh, do we want to, like, take a break? Yeah. So we can all fucking okay. pee and shit? Hey, I'll, just, I'll just I've been doing it. Sorry. I, mean, yeah. I won't get in okay, Afghanistan okay, okay. or anything. You just touch but, on it and then. No. So went to Afghan. basically went to Afghanistan. We'll get in that later and everything. But uh, got back. Got back from the deployment, had a fun yellow ribbon ceremony home. Yeah. Got to watch Roe punch out the newcoming BC. Well, we can get on that we'll later. We'll get on that later, too. <laughs> uh, but then I uh, ended up getting medical boarded, and I stayed oh, in medical. Yeah, I stayed in a medical board for, like, it was like three, three and a half years. Mm-hmm. And the final decision was, to be like, Isaac, you're getting uh, medical retired. So I then For what? Like, was that your ankle? No, it was a bunch of... Di- so those questionnaires that you fill out, 
don't even fill them out remotely close to being true. Yeah. So, which that's half the problem with the military. And I would have honestly figured because I was on that Silver Snake where you fucked your ankle up. No, it wasn't. I would have truly thought that would have been it. Yeah, there was that was, was part right. of it, but the main thing, which we can touch on that later, yeah. but uh, just don't. God bless so America. You, just don't fill the stuff out. Truly, that's what I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I'm not telling. Well, no, I'm not yeah. going to say that on a podcast. But uh, I mean, cause you just did. Good. But I don't really mean it. In case if anyone <laughs> is having problems or anything yeah. out there, you know what I mean. What I What he about. means is he does. He means don't be conservative with your answers. Is what he means. <laughs> I scored really high on my alcohol questionnaire. I don't yeah. know if that's good or bad. No, that's I think bad. I got 11 out of 13 or something. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> bad. Wait, what is that questionnaire? The, you know, about your alcohol consumption and stuff. Yeah. I scored, oh, I scored high on that. High, that, that's one high is not good at. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, no, uh, 2015 is when I got medically retired and everything, which I didn't want to because I wanted to stay in, but... It is what it is. Now, mm-hmm. I have two kids now. Sorry Lincoln, to hear that. Sorry to hear that. No, it's a it's fun. Lincoln's going to be four. He wanted me to say his name because I told him we'd listen to the podcast together. How oh, you geez. doing, Lincoln? Oh, shit. Uh, and Grace. <laughs> Lincoln will be four in November. Grace Take a shit on turned. the couch and we'll call it Lincoln Log. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Hell yeah. Now, and Grace will be, she just turned two last April. Then I got a third one coming in February. Oh, congrats, congrats, dude. Are you kidding awesome, me? man. Yeah. Congrats. God, you're a breeder. Moving up. In the Moving words up, of dude. Mitch Smith, yeah. way I'm to joining the Marines. splash down and her gash yeah. down. Yeah. What's up, baby? <laughs> Mitch. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Chris, I don't believe I... you can say <laughs> because I'm totally impressed that you could even reproduce. Uh, I guess my daily job, I pretty much, I'm a heavy equipment mechanic, work at Pass and Sand Mine down by Clayton, Iowa, right on the river. That's pretty much my story till now. Fuck yeah, dude. That's awesome. So this episode is really supposed to be just uh, us getting backgrounds. We got a little sidetracked during Franny's uh, introduction, sorry. But I think that was a good conversation because that goes into, goes. I really want to touch on that. Not, you know, maybe not necessarily right there, I guess. But that's what I'm thinking about. It's cool about podcasting is that you just you're just talk. We're just talking. Yeah. We're trying not to talk over each other as much because then it's hard to listen to. How's that happen? Yeah, I mean, a few times, but um, but no, like I just wanted to get everyone kind of accustomed <laughs> to hearing the voices and a backstory on everybody. And uh, then on the next one, we'll probably break this up into a few parts and shit, and uh, we'll get into like our Afghan because the real, I guess, deep dive that we wanted to get into was like our Afghan deployment because that's where we all really i guess got close and met and all that good shit right so um yeah i guess we'll break it here and take a break and fucking i gotta pee like really bad me too i'm about to piss Boom. in my fucking panties <laughs> and i don't think kurt would be too impressed if i peed all over his chair so <laughs> so all right all right we'll catch you in the next one <laughs>